What the fuck is happening, fam? It's your boy, the Sultanus TV, the Ayatollah of Indica, the motherfucking Bobby Fisher of BHO, aka the Gordon Ryan of Ganj, aka the John Donahue of Dabs, aka the Hickson of Hashish, aka the Holy Hashashin, haven't pulled that one out in a while, Willie the Cool Penguin, aka Lord Bonksmore, aka President United Bakes of America, Donald Blunt. And I want to welcome you to a brand spanking new episode of Let's Talk About It. Long awaited, however long you've been waiting since I did the last one a week ago, or whenever the fuck it was, um, today I'm recording it, I'm sick, fucking sick of your shit, no, I'm fucking, I'm just literally sick, having small children puts you at constant risk for colds and germs and all sorts of shit. And while I'm grateful to give my immune system a constant <sighs> thrashing so it can get stronger, better, faster, quicker. I mean, God damn. You know, it doesn't help that I keep getting these goddamn skin infections. Got another fucking infected hair follicle, little folliculitis, if you will. This time it was on my face. I'll tell you what, man. Um, it's really fucking annoying when every person on the mat goes, uh-huh. What's up with your face? Is that ringworm? It's not fucking ringworm. Fucking idiot. I'll tell you what. Fucking one of the guys at the gym, Black Belt, was like, is that staff? And like, I'm like, no, it's not fucking staff, you fucking idiot. What staff looks like this? I fucking, of course, I go Google staff and what it looks like, and the first fucking picture is some shit that could be this, and it's like a dude's fucking face being eaten alive by his own fucking face. Bullshit. And I mean, I had MRSA. It was a totally different thing. I don't remember. I just remember, like, my skin melted off. Uh, like, I, like, scratched it, and literally my skin melted off, and then there was just, like, a big open flesh wound. Um... It scabbed up black, hard, harder than any scab, harder than any scab you've ever felt before. Um, harder than Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Harder than David Goggins after running 200 miles. It's fucking hard, dude. And for those who don't know, when I was in jail, I'd rip that motherfucker off because it was infecting my body. And they were going to chop off my arm. So, when somebody asked me, hey, is that staff? And I fucking got shook. I definitely went, had to go get that checked out. It was not staff, thank Jesus. Because that would be fucking obnoxious. And so while I dodged the bullet, I first of all, I used a hydrocolloid band-aid at the um, recommendation of a good friend of mine. And, uh, actually, I need to take the one on my face off currently. Oh, yeah. Man. It's been healing. I'm peeling right now. Ooh. Dude, if you could see the dead skin on this shit. Man. Wow, that looks great. Anyway... Um, put hydrocolloid band-aid on it, just pulled it off, because, uh, I forgot to pull it off already, and, what better time than now? Smoking a little hash, in the joint, in me spliff, in me spliff, mon. Slap out that bass. Uh, 
um, you know, and actually at the, uh, just a slight quick detour here, um, to the same friend that told me about the hydrocolloid band-aids, big fucking shout out to her. Um, I actually just got a message from her when I was on my first workout of the day, mad late. <coughs> and, um, she was talking about, I'm actually going to read it to you right now, uh, in our group chat, the Hashling and Hashers. Uh, she said, well, I saved a kid from an overdose. My buddy said, good shit. Was it in the complex? Not on the corner. Fucking on Guilford Ave. Fucking Baltimore City, baby. She said, someone saw him passed out, pulled over, and was screaming. I heard it, and having no idea what happened, I grabbed the Narcan and ran out there. He was blue, and we administered two doses, and he came to and went to the hospital. He was really young, though, and I found him on Facebook after I heard him tell his name to the cops. Definitely a crazy day. Glad he's alive, though. Thought two of my glad-you're-still-here friends would appreciate the story. Haha. Yeah. Me and Robbie are baked. Did fucking appreciate the story. Rob said... That's great. Even more reason to keep the juice on you. I'm glad you were there to give the dude a second chance at life. I also carry a uh, double dose of Narcan with me in the car. And I'd advise all of you to get some. It's easy to get. You could probably go to any fucking pharmacy. You can go to any health department. It's probably free. Probably go to any cop and they'll just give you some. Uh, if you're in and around the city. Which is where you would most likely see an overdose. But... Hey, you know, when I was shooting dope, we were doing it out in the suburbs and, uh, you know, definitely over, people were definitely overdosing in parking lots. Ain't no fucking question. Um, you know, I mean, that shit is just, that shit is real deal. And that right there is some serious good Samaritan shit. How are 20 people going to be standing around? Only one of them fucking has some Narcan. That shit is crazy. In Baltimore City, in an area where people supposedly give a shit about some of these social justice causes. Not to go off on some like, we don't like social justice warriors. Because, I mean, you know, I'm a social justice warrior. But I just am not a fucking idiot, and I know what that actually means, and I know what type of justice needs to be done. Which we will get into today tonight, when this morning, whenever it is that you're listening to this, whatever time of day, fucking 3am in the middle of a fucking crack bender, whenever, whatever time of day you like to listen to this shit, you know, 5am during your workout, 10am uh, when you're supposed to be fucking working, but instead you're playing Minesweeper and listening to this podcast, do they still make Minesweeper? Does that still come preloaded onto computers? Do you guys work on work computers that have Minesweeper loaded onto them? Do Apple ThinkPads or IBM ThinkPads uh, still a thing? Do those have Minesweeper? Don't act like y'all don't remember Minesweeper. Literally, one of the most frustrating games on the planet. But after we get off the phone here, I'm going to go download it because, well, I'm feeling a little nostalgic now. Um... Shout out to Sarah. But yeah, so, uh, sick. Feeling like a piece of shit right now. Yeah, my kids have all been sick. Fucking, we were going down to my mom's. Trying to get the kids some private jujitsu lessons. Help get them a little more prepared. Go above and beyond as their dad. 
<coughs> get them prepared for this competition they got coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and of course, my plans are thwarted. You know, and there, uh, we're coming down in rush hour traffic, and um, you know, so I'm cutting through the city because it's the easier, less traffic filled route. Weird, I know, but everyone is leaving the city, going down, going out, up northbound on 83, not coming southbound into the city on 83. So for me, that's the way that I went in, and I uh, navigated my way through the city with my intricate knowledge of Baltimore's um, rush hour traffic patterns. We were right around, actually, Guilford Avenue, just a little bit further south of where I was mentioning, uh, in the downtown area. And I looked back, and my daughter has uh, woken up. I said, oh, honey, how are you? It's good to see you're awake from your little nap in the car ride that you were enjoying. And she said she said something. We talked for, like, she said, like, two statements. And then went, whoop! And fucking threw up everywhere. And just looked terrified. And so I pulled over, got us to a safe place to park, pulled us over, cleaned it up, kept calm the whole situation. She's like, Daddy, I'm sorry for making a mess. I'm like, honey, please don't worry about it. Tried to keep her calm. The other two kids fucking were waking up now. They're just like staring, trying to ask a million questions about why Charlie's throwing up. So anyway, we go down to my mom's. Um, You know, she throws up again. Next day, feeling like shit, got to go, took my other two kids out for a little while, give her some rest time, hang out at my mom's. And, um, you know, came back up, home, and uh, didn't get any of the shit I wanted to done. Obviously, we can go train Saturday, which is fine, is what it is. Then, of course, my other daughter gets sick that night, my son's sick. So, uh, yesterday, they're all sick. This morning I wake up and I fucking first thing throw up. It's bullshit. Fucking chicken shit bullshit. I don't know what the fuck. You know, my son had crazy diarrhea. That was fucking disgusting. Changing a diaper today and literal liquid shit falling out of it. Just being poured out of it onto the fresh diaper. Like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. I had to take a shower with him because we both had shit on us. That's the appropriate time to fucking wash your hands when you get shit on them. When you get liquid baby shit on them. That's why, like, you know, I don't have time for a bunch of bullshit. I'm over here trying to fucking survive, and I gotta fucking clean up liquid baby shit. You think I want to fucking argue with you about the effectiveness of masks? Come on, man. You're a grown adult. You can go figure that shit out for yourself. So anyway, I've been feeling like shit all day. Um, on day 35 or 36 or 75 hard on track to complete at this moment, barely ate anything today, you know, couldn't keep shit down, drank a lot of water, did have a little coffee, having energy drink now, don't know how good of an idea that is, but needed the caffeine to be able to get through this. Uh, my outdoor cardio, um, was good. I just did a little walk cause that's about all I could fucking do. You know, speaking of yesterday, I did go train, um, went to go to Method to go hang out, get psychedelic with the Shroom Roller and Black Belt Kevin and Wunderbrain and fucking Louie and Ross, fucking Ross, dude. And, um, you know, got a weak ass warm up, 
took a little selfie video in the style of Black Belt Kev to post up on the gram, which I did. You can see it. It's there. And uh, did a, a little bit of stretching. Not much. Forgot to do jumping jacks, which is a good one. And probably actually, given the exact nature of the injury that I soon acquired, jumping jacks would have actually been an exercise that would have been absolutely required. Like, I'm actually thinking about it right now, and I'm mad because I am injured now because I didn't do my normal jumping jacks before training and working out. It's bullshit. So I rolled with the shroom roller. First roll with him as a purple belt. That was a blue belt the last time we rolled. First time rolling with him as a purple belt. He was letting me put him in a bad position. Got to a bad position where, you know, uh, submission attempt was possible. I was in the mount. He tried to bump me off. My leg was just in a position to work for a triangle. So I started working for my mounted triangle, made the appropriate adjustments, just kept working at it, tried to fuck with his arm. You know, because a lot of the time you can get a submission with the arm there. <coughs> if you don't have the triangle all the way locked in, and uh, sometimes the angle on that can be weird. So made an adjustment. Um, fucking looked like his goddamn head was going to pop off. And for those who are not acquainted with jiu-jitsu... Um, I'm not trying to be braggadocious or be like, oh, I fucking tapped out the shroom roller who's a higher belt than me. It really is about, um, you know, like learning, being in a bad position, being used, working out of bad positions and some of these higher belts. It just really is like, I'm this guy that I was rolling with. He's like 220, 30 pounds. I'm 175, 180, right? Pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Um, you know, he's a fucking been trained seven plus years, right? He's guy's got much more experience than me. Um, obviously blind squirrel can find out every once in a while, but his goal was to, you know, work and, you know, if people got to a submission, kind of get a little deep into it and, and, you know, work its way out of it. Pretty common for high level jujitsu players and, and people that are just, you know, growing in jujitsu in general. And, um, so after that, you know, we we slap bumped, uh, you know, continued to roll. And when we did, he came up in kind of a weird way on a single leg, trapped my foot uh, in a, like, kind of a freak way and, like, definitely popped some shit in the top of my foot, bent that motherfucker the fuck back, and I immediately just yelled, tap. I knew right then and there, like, my shit was fucked up. You know, was already there, drove fucking almost an hour to get there. So I said, well, let me fucking keep at it. I got to get at least 45 minutes in. So got some more rolls in, roll with Black Belt Kev, Wunderbrand, fucking Louie, Ross. Um, you know, of course, fucking Louie, goddamn, has been improving his leg entanglements and heel hook and foot locked my hurt foot probably 10 times. Literally, every time he would grab it, I'd have to just fucking tap. It was horrible. Um, you know, I mean, it's my own fault for rolling with the shroom roller first, big fucking guy, without being properly warmed up. Uh, won't happen again, but, uh, it has made my day much more difficult today, and then you throw in being sick. And if you go back, uh, and listen to podcast episode number, blah, 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 
75 hard. It was freaking hard. I talk about how at around day 62 or 3, I got sick and uh, really had to make a decision on whether or not I wanted to quit um, because I there was no way I could not do 75 hard even when I was sick. I come that far. I wasn't willing to give up. I had failed a ton of times before. And so sick as fuck. I went out there. I got two walks in as my workouts. Uh, you know, drank my gallon. I don't think I ate anything at all that day. Um, you know, except for like some Pedialyte. Um, and some weed. Thank God for the weed. And so today, you know what? I'm fucking at 30 just because I'm two years older. Um, I'm not as hard. Fuck no. Uh, I'm only like 30-something days in. Right? So there's definitely about halfway. I'm, you know, almost halfway through. I mean, more days than I was the last time I went to the hospital. I got sick. Like I said, I blew it. It's funny. Man, it's so funny how that shit works. At like day 30... I got, I went to the hospital for some swollen nuts. You can go back a couple podcast episodes, hospitalization breakdown. It was freaking nuts. Um, you know, went to the hospital and didn't get my two workouts in. Missed an outdoor workout because my balls were swollen. And I thought I was going to get out of there that night. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll do it later. Ended up wanting to keep me overnight. And so I failed 75 hard and I felt really fucking bad about it. So here I am at like day 36, sick, hurt, fucking, you know, possibly broken ankle out here fucking going hard. Everyone I talk to, oh, well, rest, take it easy. Take it fucking easy? I'm on 75 hard. We don't take it fucking easy. I'm, I'm sick, so fucking what? Oh, well, I'm going to the fucking gym after I finish recording this. And hopefully it's not too freaking late. And it's probably going to fucking be. But that means there'll be less people. It Don't worry. It's Planet Fitness. I'll wipe everything down. I'll stay six feet away from motherfuckers, even though that shit is arbitrary. I'm, I'm fucking... Ugh. People's immune system is their own responsibility, not mine. <coughs> so... You know, just a thought process uh, update just to give you some insight as to where I'm at with 75 hard, where I'm at with my thought process. I am uh, going to take it easy from the jiu-jitsu. At least I'm going to take it one day at a time, you know. Um, I'm sure there's some stuff I could probably do, but I also don't want to, like, hinder anyone from their training or make anybody have to like train with me and you know have to adapt I don't know maybe that's my own ego right like having to go in there and not being able to go hard or like you know especially up here in York when I was training up here I like to fucking go hard with these fools I don't like to give them an inch you know let them know how we do it on the Vicente Junior team give them a little fucking insight into that um Wanted to talk about uh, anybody in New York or has ever been to New York or thinks about going to New York and is in the cannabis realm. Uh, some real fucking shapers of the recent culture uh, is the Happy Monkey. 
And they, uh, my, you know, first of all, they have been longtime friends of the Let's Talk About It podcast and Lord Bonktimore in general, pretty much almost since the inception, shortly thereafter. And, um, you know, I just want to always, always, always give them a huge fucking shout out. Because the reality is, those guys are so fucking rad and have shown me so much love and continue to do so. Uh, it's just a part of their nature. It's who they are. It's what the fuck they do. Um, it's the guys from Happy Monkey. Um, if you've been there, then you fucking know that that is easily the illest fucking smoke spot ever in the history of fucking speakeasies. I don't even care about a fucking jazz club where Miles Davis was playing. This motherfucker was tight right off Times Square. You literally walked from Times Square to the monkey. The jump was six on the sixth floor of some fucking spot. You needed the security with the key to even fucking be able to get in the elevator. You needed fucking, uh, you needed them to fucking let you even get to that floor controlled by them. Crazy, illest, speakeasy, chill spot to hang out. And I watched them evolve and grow from originally uh, a space where you could come and, and hang and drink and be mellow uh, to, you know, them getting rid of the drinking. Um, you know, I mean, it just was such a, they, you know, have an event, uh, a wide array of events, including uh, also some friends of Let's Talk About a Podcast, uh, people from the Last Prisoner Project. I know they had a couple of $500 plate dinners to benefit some of these people and um last prisoner project is a nonprofit that i really can actually get behind because these these people are out there they're really doing the damn thing they're really fucking being a voice for the voiceless and the political prisoners that are fucking still held today captive due to the plant serving sentences that are fucking unfathomable to the average human today and um you know they they work tirelessly and effortlessly full of effort not effortlessly. They make it look effortless. But they work with a, um, you know, with a genuine compassion for the people they're trying to help. Um, and they will fight tooth and nail, clawing, uh, and doing whatever it takes to help get these people out of the situation that they're in, which is being unfairly detained, imprisoned due to cannabis in one way, shape, or form. Man, we're 20 minutes in. Uh, you know, 75 hard. Um, you know, when I think about it, uh, has played an integral role in, in where I'm at right now. Uh, for better or for worse. For worse being that I don't, I haven't done it in a little minute. Too long. Have not completed it. Um, but it forces me to have hard conversations with myself. You know, I mean, that's just the reality. And I know I'm like sidetracking from the monkey, uh, but I just, I really am, am just thinking about it. Um, you know, and, and some of these days recently, like I've just really been wanting to throw it all away, really hating this cold, you know, um, Ultimately, you know, I'm feeling kind of in the groove. 
feeling good, pushing myself, feeling capable. There's levels of this shit. Obviously, this little injury is a, a fucking setback. But feeling sick like this, like, dude, anytime I feel like this, it's usually 24, 36 hours max. You know, I'm already feeling fired up. You know, I'm getting a little second wind. I'm going to go sweat some of this shit out. Um, but to get back to the monkey, those guys, uh, I'm actually on an episode of their podcast, the Happy Monkey Podcast. You can check it out wherever. Um, you know, there, there are some other things, uh, that I want to talk about. I'm not as happy as my times at the Happy Monkey. Uh, this is, is one that's not, not necessarily a, one that's that's unhappy, but I definitely, I thought it was interesting and I wanted to get into it because I thought you guys would think it was fucking interesting. Um, and probably funny at the, at the least, right? Um, there was a, a lady, a red, uh, and this is coming, oh, let me put on the, the fucking reader view of my iPad. I'm loving, I did treat myself, I got an iPad not that long ago. Um, when I got carjacked in the beginning of 2020, my backpack got stolen and I had a fucking iPad in it. Those fucking kids came up. Um, there's a, a school employee accused of stealing $1.5 million in chicken wings from the school district. $1.5 million in chicken wings from the school district. I had to read that again. Can you fathom how many chicken wings that is? And that's like wholesale to a school cost. 1.5 million. What is the street value of that? <coughs> Excuse me. I did a little bit of um I mean I really really was pondering this. Who was she selling this? Look, a food service director of a school district outside of Chicago is facing charges after investigators said she stole more than a million dollars worth of food from the district. Vera Liddell was the food service director for Harvey School District 152 for more than 10 years and was charged with theft and operating a criminal enterprise, the Chicago Sun-Times reported. Damn. 10 years and was charged with theft and operating a criminal enterprise. So I wonder in 10 years how much food she was stealing because if she just got caught, I mean, did she just start doing this? I don't know. Let's, let's dive in deeper. Liddell was tasked with placing food orders with Gordon Food Services, a main supplier for the district. Prosecutors told the Sun-Times that for 19 months, from July 2020 to February 22, Liddell placed orders for chicken wings and billed the district, but kept the food. The food was ordered and delivered during a time when students were being educated remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic and were not allowed to attend class inside school buildings, the Associated Press reported. During that time, the district provided meals for students to the, and their parents to pick up. So here we go. Fucking COVID-19, virtual learning, kids weren't in school, fucking couldn't, couldn't fucking do shit. Waste of fucking money. You know, okay, fun. Um, let's see. Prosecutors said that Liddell ordered more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings from the supplier and picked up the orders in a district cargo van but never took the food to the school or gave it to students, WGN-TV reported. These places, this article has a lot of different sources. Um, prosecutors told WGN-TV that chicken wings are never served to children at school because they contain bones. 
Huh. That makes a lot of sense, though. I've never heard that. The district began its investigation after a routine audit found the district was 300000 over its annual food service budget, despite only being halfway through the academic year, the AP reported. The district's interim superintendent, Leela Bridges, said she could not comment due to ongoing investigation, but that the district was fully cooperating with authorities, sometimes reported. Prosecutors said it was not clear what Liddell did with the food. So who the fuck, what the fuck, 11,000 boxes. I mean, think about that. You're talking about 11,000 boxes. These are not small boxes of wings, right? These are like some good, probably two by two sized boxes of wings, right? How big of a fucking Tetris level could you create with 11,000 boxes? Who was she, like, bruh, she had to have made so much bread. Who, if she, I mean, they're charging her with running a criminal enterprise, right? Like, and, I mean, if she's a one-man, one-woman show, is that an enterprise? Are there going to be federal charges coming due to the fact that it's uh, uh, the school district, right? That's like, is that some state shit? Or is that because there's federal funding? These are federal funds. Um, the the FBI would get involved. Like, would she get RICO charges? Would all, all I'm saying is that if if she has people that she was fucking supplying with the wings, running the work off to, well, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them come up missing in the coming months. Because, I mean, we don't know what type of stuff she was into. Was she... Now, that's assuming that she's at the top of the chain, right? What if there's somebody else pulling the strings? What if there's somebody that she's kicking up to? You know, this is like her play, but there's somebody she's got to pay fucking homage to. Right? Grease the wheels. But I can tell you, if there's people below her that were fucking running wings... She better be careful. She better watch. You know, she better make sure that all her people know loose lips sink ships. Because this shit could be, this shit could turn out real, real hectic. I mean, they could get whoever she was selling it to, even. You know? Like, what the fuck? Who was she selling them to? Was she selling them to restaurants? Would they then be liable for the wings that they got? Receiving stolen property? Would they get charged? I bet that's how the feds would get at them. They'd be like, we're going to fucking charge you with receiving stolen property and fucking profiting off it, you racketeer fuck. And these little fucking business owners that were just trying to fucking save some money on wings because the cost, I don't know if you've looked at the cost of wings lately, but my man fucking Joe Biden was trying to take me to dinner, take me out to dinner. She can't because the wings are too fucking expensive. We're just trying to get a fucking chicken box around here. You know? But then again, if it's going to the fucking... What if she's fucking distributing them to the Asians? And the Asian... Like, some fucking Asian mob. Uh, some Yakuza-esque... Uh, you know... Distribution between all these carryouts in the hood. Man. This shit probably runs deep. They gotta get the feds involved. In which case, if China's involved... Fuck them. But... They're saying it's not clear what she did with the food. So we don't know. She was taken to the Cook County Jail on a $150,000 bond. 10%, that's 15 racks. You think she got 15 racks laying around? You think any of her peoples are coming to bail her out? 
I don't fucking know, man. That's a great fucking question. The district is comprised of five schools serving 1,600 children. That's the end of the article. What? What? What does that have to do with anything? 1.5 million in wings. How many fucking wings is that? Like, the wings definitely aren't a dollar a wing. So you're talking about million, 11,000 cases. How many are in a fucking case? What's the fucking math? Let's. Where's my fucking calculator right quick? Where is a fucking calculator? Because this shit is bananas. I need to know. So, say there's 100 wings times 11,000. No, it's got to be like 200 wings. Times 11,000. You're talking, oh shit, I did 1,100. My bad. 200, so there's 200 wings times 11,000. Talking about 2.2 million wings. Holy fucking shit. This is like the wing god, dude. She's not fucking around. <clears throat> what type of criminal enterprise is she running? What is she involved in? What is somebody... What if there's somebody above her that has, like, some dirt on her? And, like, she's being fucking, like, forced to run this fucking play. You know? That could be fucking crazy. I don't know. I don't know how you fucking even... Uh, how you even transition to this. But, like, honestly, the other night... Just since I was on the topic, I guess, of being sick. When I was doing some research into this, you know, it started out as just like, uh, you know, I told myself I was buying an iPad. I justified that shit by telling myself, okay, when I get this iPad, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing some fucking cool shit with the podcast. Because now I don't need to be looking at my phone at these articles. I can actually look at a at like a full size screen. Whereas before I was doing this shit all off my phone, it was tearing me the fuck up. And so anyway, um, I heard about this like uh, not that long ago, a couple weeks ago, and I, I just haven't really done a podcast. Wanted to bring it up, and so you know, and this is also going to give you a little breakdown into like kind of how I do some searching around for things, right? And right now I'm using fucking Safari like a dumb fuck, but honestly, you're going to get, I'm getting like more results, but it's like one way, one place that I'll go and I'll, I'll usually compare different browsers and sometimes different search terms. But, um, you know, I, I just, I wanted to talk about it. And so I, I brought it up, uh, I searched it up the, um, I saw the headline. It was like gay couple charged with molesting adopted sons also pimp them out to a pedophile ring, report claims. And so I said, okay. And usually when I'm looking for these things, I'm trying to find what are, and I'm using this term just very loosely. I have quotations, even though you can't see them, but uh, maybe like credible or reputable or like, like I'm just trying to think of like from the perspective of just some regular fuck who's like, for lack of a better term, uh, okay, there's better terms. Um, for someone who's just not used to thinking about these things in this way or looking at things 
from a different perspective outside the mainstream narratives, right? And so I'm looking for places that are going to be, that somebody's going to see and they're going to say, oh, okay, the New York Post website, New York Post has been around for fucking 100 plus years. Cool. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to check that one out. So I start checking this one out, right? And when I do that, I start reading it, right? And I want to read, um, you, I might read through this article or, or read through some of it multiple times. But honestly, and while it's fucked up, uh, I think it's important because it's fucked up. And it is something that is a reality in this world and it's something that I am vehemently against. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't say this to sound like I'm part of any side. Uh, this is like a human side, right? I'm, I'm a father of three young children. So for me, this is just like personal as a parent, uh, something, and it's something I've always believed in, but like really like it's important, right? So I'm looking at New York post and I'm reading the article And, um, you know, like I said, when I was reading through all this shit, I spent a good fucking hour going through and taking some notes. Um, you know, and, and I guess New York post was something that I figured was going to be like a trustworthy source. And then they wouldn't like, they're going to have do at least like some semblance of research for themselves to cover their own ass. And like, you know, in the last article we just read, there was mad, you know, hyperlinks in the article to other places that have reported this story. So the same, the New York Post, the same. So I figure I'll click through some of those places that they're linking, see how some of the verbiage changes. And so that's another part of the reason why I'm going to read um, multiple different ones. But um, we already read the, the headline, gay couple charged with molesting their adopted sons, also pimped them out to a pedophile ring, report claims. So New York Post, because they're going to be they're more mainstream. I tend to believe they're going to have a little bit more of a liberal bias, a little bit more of a left of center leaning bias, right? So already the fact that this is being reported on doesn't fall into the standard narratives of what's going on and what I see to be going on or believe to be going on, whatever, uh, in regards to some of the, um, you know, LGBTQ fucking map just agendas, right? And like, obviously, for fucking fuck's sake, so that we don't get any fucking dumb fucks like, oh, you're being homophobic or yeah. You know, this isn't about just fucking any of our just regular gay friend or family member or fucking trans friend or family member. Right, obviously these people are people. No question. Um, But the language that we use around certain shit is not... uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not really the reality of what it is that we're trying to say here. What we're trying to get after. And um, anyway, so New York Post, I believe to be a little bit more left to center, right? So it's probably going to be, the language is going to be a little toned down, right? It's New York Post. It's very much more mainstream than a lot of other things. So um, that maybe I or some other people that are listening right now uh, will go to as a source. So anyway, 
I'm looking at the language. A gay couple from Georgia charged with molesting their two adopted sons and using them to record child porn also allegedly pimped them out to members of a local pedophile ring, according to a disturbing new report. A months-long investigation by Town Hall revealed that, now, Town Hall, we'll just say, is apparently, based on what I read, um, and I didn't know, I'd never heard of Town Hall before, so I didn't know who the fuck they were or what their deal was, but uh, apparently it is definitely, that is a very right-leaning publication, and we'll get into them later, because I do go to their shit, because they have the most in-depth story. Um, <clears throat> Town Hall revealed that William Dale Zulak, 33, Zachary Jacoby Zulak, 35, allegedly used social media to prostitute their two elementary-aged sons. When uh, William, a government worker, and Zachary, a banker, were indicted in August 2022 on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, Station, felony sexual exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. But the shocking investigation reveals more in detail the sickening abuse the boys suffered. For the first time, it was revealed that the men allegedly pimped out the older sons, now 11 and 9, to two other men in a pedophile ring. Now, one thing that I see there, right, a couple things, just to circle back real quick. Uh, indicted in August. This article is... Let me turn off the reader view. This is from January 20th, 2023. So that means they didn't get into this article. They didn't get into this story until six months after it happened. Right? I mean, or four or five months, we'll say. Okay. Whatever fucking August to, to now is. Um, but basically like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Okay. So... One thing I also notice is that they keep saying, they're saying, now 11 and 9 years old. So they were indicted in August, and this had been going on for however long, which means they were definitely not 11 and 9 then. Two other men in a pedophile ring. One of the men, Hunter Clay Lawless, uh, 27, told investigators that Zachary, whose Instagram bio describes him as Papa to our two wonderful boys and an activist, invited him multiple times to take part in sexually abusing the boys, Town Hall reported. However, Lawless claimed he never had physical contact with either child. Lawless also claimed Zachary sent him multiple messages on Snapchat, including one that allegedly read, I'm going to fuck my son tonight, stand by, along with images of himself sexually abusing the 11-year-old, uh, according to the outlet. So there it says that he was 11 at the time of these Snapchat uh, videos being sent. Uh, the two men were arrested on charges of soliciting an act of prostitution with the 11-year-old boy, according to the indictment. It's unclear whether Lawless and Armando Vicaro Sanchez had any physical interactions with the boys. The Zulocks, who lived in Oxford, an affluent suburb of Atlanta, adopted uh, the children from a Christian special needs adoption agency. The boys who were in third and fourth grades when their adoptive fathers were arrested last summer. So when they were arrested, they were in third and fourth grade. The one that's nine, so you're talking about eight and ten when they were arrested, which means it had been going on for how long? Because uh, they're nine and eleven now. It says the boys were in third and fourth grades when they were arrested last summer. Deputies responding to reports that a man was downloading child porn raided the home in Loganville, where they found evidence. The pair were engaging in sexually abusive acts and video documenting this abuse, police said at the time. During the raid, William was pulled out of his home naked. 
A government worker uh, has admitted to forcing one of his sons to perform oral sex on him, quote, with the intent to satisfy his own sexual desire, according to a sworn affidavit cited by the Daily Wire. And there's pictures of them on the beach with matching uh, fucking spray, like, you know, those fucking airbrush spray t-shirts. <coughs> there's also a picture of them in front of the Human Rights Campaign building. Um, his husband admitted sending child sexual abuse material to several people, according to the news outlet. The couple have been active in the local LGBTQ community. Prominent LGBTQ publication Out Magazine reportedly asked to feature their photos on its website, according to Daily Wire. Town Hall said it spent months reviewing recorded jailhouse calls, court documents, and testimony from a relative who spent who spoke exclusively with the outlet about the extent of the abuse, as well as the faster-than-expected adoption process that led to the nightmare. William and Zachary, who have pleaded not guilty, each face over nine life sentences if convicted. So, like... That shit is fucked up. All the way fucked up. But like, when I read this, this just like kind of made me like, I need more information. Right? Uh, So, I went to Daily Wire. Right? Which I know is like definitely more of a right wing situation. Went to Daily Wire, um, and they, you know, they have like a, they go through and have an investigation, right? And they're going, and there's a little more in depth. I'm not going to read it because I'm about to read. There's a bunch of other shit I'm about to read. This one is definitely more in depth. Language is a little more harsh, right? But they're um, they're citing the town hall article again. So I said, let me just. Go to the the town hall, and um, you know, so I was like, I'll read it from here. And so I'm just pulling it up. I have it pulled up. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. So tapes. We investigated a suburban LGBTQ pedophile ring, and here's what we found. This is part one. Oh, motherfucker. Why is your car doing that? This is about to be a lot, so I'm about to actually take a quick break. And I'm back. Um, so, this is everything you need to know about the gay couple accused of sexually abusing their adopted boys. So, this is actually uh, a link off of the tapes page. Uh, and this gives you a little bit more background kind of a, as, as to who these people were and what happened. A uh, little bit of it I'm probably going to paraphrase, but uh, it's fucked up. And then I'm going to dive into part one and two of their investigation, of their four-part investigation, which part three supposedly was to have dropped like a week or two ago. Um, it wasn't linked in the part two as part two was to part one. So I don't know if it's available yet, but I only did some research into part one and two. So part three is supposed to have some new shit in it. Um, anyway, a gay married couple in Georgia who were now, mind you, Town Hall, like I said, is definitely a right wing um, publication. So but they were quoted by both New York Post and um, Daily Wire. So 
but the language is definitely much stronger in the town hall stuff versus the other one. So I'm just letting you know up front, this is about to be fucked up. Um, a gay married couple in Georgia who were arrested on suspicion of sexually abusing their two young adopted boys to make child pornography are vehement LGBTQ activists, according to the pair's social media activity. On the night of July 27th, authorities executed a search warrant around 11.30 p.m., just hours after receiving information that there were children in harm's way at the Oxford home of 32-year-old William Dale Zulock Jr. and 35-year-old Zachary Jacoby Zulock, according to a press release from the Walton County Sheriff's Office. Earlier in the evening, detectives in the Criminal Investigation Division raided a house in unincorporated Loganville after the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force was tipped off that a man was downloading child porn. Uh, authorities learned during an interview with the unnamed individual that there was another suspect in the county who was producing homemade child sexual abuse material with at least one adopted child who lived in the home with the perpetrator. So somebody snitching. The sheriff's office wrote on Facebook, evidence was obtained to corroborate these statements. Deputies found evidence during the nighttime search and rescue effort that the adoptive fathers of the sibling pair residing in the home were engaging in sexually abusive acts and video documenting the abuse according to a Facebook statement. Some pictures of uh, one of these dudes, Instagram, uh, at the beach. Both the Zulak men were booked the following day at Walton County Jail on pending felony charges of aggravated child molestation, sexual exploitation of a child, and enticing a child for indecent purposes. William is facing an additional pending charge of child molestation, and his bail amount was set at $25,000. Weak, dude. Week twenty five thousand, bro. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. An investigator shared the Zulok's duo high resolution booking photos. In one, Zachary's cheek looks bruised. When Town Hall requested the incident reports pertaining to the late July arrest, the Walton County Sheriff's Office responded. The associated reports are currently ongoing, and nothing is re- releasable at this time. I don't see a bruise on this fucking dude's face, but they got the uh, pictures. Mugshot pictures and uh, courtship pulled up. It appears William applied to be represented by a Walton County public defender. A letter viewed by Town Hall that was addressed to William shows that the indigent defense program determined he's ineligible for a court-appointed defense attorney, citing tens of thousands in equity and his spouse's income of 7500 a week. A similar denial memo was sent to Zachary, uh, pointing to equity and his own well-to-do weekly earnings. So both of them were trying to get fucking free lawyers, (laughs) but they have way too much money. Fucking bitch. Zachary since deleted LinkedIn page said he was a branch coordinator at SunTrust in Duluth. Uh, Bank supervisor said over the phone they can't talk about that, can't verify any employment. Um, Zachary was transferred on July 29 and is being held separately at Barrow County Detention Center. Records manager at the Barrow County Sheriff's Office provided town hall with Zachary's mugshot taken upon transfer. Source at Walton County Jail told Town Hall the out-of-county detainment transfer was made because the co-defendants were housed together at the same location. Zachary is listed listed on the inmate page with maximum classification due to the nature of the charges that are alleged against him, the source said. So I got this dude in separation because they know they're motherfucking going to kill him. Who exactly are these male suspects accused of child sex crimes they allegedly committed against their own adopted kids? A review of the couple's online content shows they've often championed progressive causes, mostly pro-LGBTQ agenda. Despite the heinous acts 
the gay marital partners allegedly performed on the two prepubescent boys. If the claims are substantiated, the cases helps to confirm widespread concerns about the woke regime's intentions. I fucking hate every time I read the word woke, but written or said by some right-wing commentator, I fucking cringe so hard because they're not woke at all. They're fucking idiots. Um... Let's see, where was I at? Uh, back to the article. Uh, the woke regime's intentions for gaining unlimited access to the country's most vulnerable population. As the liberal Sam Fran gay men's choir last year unwittingly verbalized, we're coming for your children. They did do that. I mean, that's undeniable. There's a video of it. Um, Google the fucking Sam Fran gay man's choir. Uh, on the surface, the family seem to be living a picturesque life. William describes himself as happily married to the man of his dreams. As father to two beautiful boys through adoption, according to his Instagram bio. Since they've started uh, dating about a decade ago, William looked forward to the day they could start a family. Zachary, self-described activist who publicly advertises his Snapchat username, likewise proudly states in his Instagram bio, married to amazing husband William, Papa to our two wonderful boys. Uh, excuse me. Both he and William have bragged about their custom-built dream home turned house of horrors which sits on a two-acre secluded cul-de-sac lot on a private, prestigious, upscale neighborhood. The home's estimated value is almost $700,000. $700,000 outside of Atlanta is fucking a lot. They later refer to this as the Zulok Mansion, and damn if it ain't a fucking mansion. We did it! It's a dream to live here now, William described the couple's completed mansion, and up oh, there it is, in 2020 when they spent a little over a half a year building their forever home from the ground up. The kids love the forest behind us and the playroom for all their toys. Much needed space for us to grow into. The entire Zulok family, including the boys whose faces were censored in the Instagram post, took a selfie outside the human rights headquarters in Washington, D.C. HRC uh, is a LGBTQ advocacy group, largest gay lobbying civil rights organization of its kind within the U.S. There's a picture of said photo. Uh, it's been over a year as a parents, uh, William wrote in May 2019, anniversary Instagram post. Loved every moment of it. It was a little rough starting out, but we beat the one-year mark. Our little adoption family standing hand-in-hand -hand on a beach. The four-member family wore matching Zulok 2019 t-shirts. Um, William made the initial adoption announcement March 2018. Growing our family by four feet. Zulok home plaque surrounded by two sets of adult men's shoes and two pairs of kid sneakers. William a gift at the adoption tower. So cool like that t-shirt. Blah, blah, blah. Zachary, who characterized himself as partner in crime for life, characterizes William as his partner in crime for life and follows gay pornographers in Atlanta with his Twitter account, at GA Bottom Guy, posted a questionable Instagram photo in 2020 captioned, waiting for pizza. I mean, we all already know where that is. Um, <laughs> according to journalist Andy No, the phrase could be a dog whistle for pedophiles seeking child exploitative material. Reports say child predators lurking online have typed cheese pizza as code for child pornography. Pizza emojis are also reportedly used as a flag to find, sell, and trade images of child abuse. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's sitting at Domino's with the mask on. Uh, also, this fucking little bitch has a hashtag wear a mask in his fucking comment on his uh, dog whistle hashtags. 
William's Instagram account similarly follows amateur gay porn stars as well as a kinky gay man's lingerie site that sells schoolgirl skirts. One of William's followers posts particularly alarming Instagram content focused on the love and appreciation of boys and the innocent of youth. Garnering hundreds of likes, the account posts photos of half-naked elementary school-age children, often brothers, sleeping in their underwear and posed in sexually suggestive positions. That's fucking weird as fuck. Um, You know, some of this, I think, is at a point where it's meant to, like, emotionally charge you up. Uh, We are calm, cool, and collected, even though it is fucking disgusting. Vulgar comments calling the boys sexy and... uh, There's a bunch of stars next to this F. Fuck, so beautiful from fellow BLs known as boy lovers among pedophiles who exchange exclusive, quote-unquote, videos and pictures of underage boys on OnlyFans and Telegram. So fucking gross. To signal they're boy lovers. So I guess what they're saying is if you're on OnlyFans and Telegram, you're supporting pedophilia in a way. They signal they're boy lovers. Most of the users following the Instagram account use a blue heart and the cyclone emoji which resembles the little boy lover logo, a blue spiral identified by the FBI as a pedophilic symbol. That shit is real. I know that came out during the whole Pizzagate shit, but that little cyclone, blue spiral emoji, and fucking just that kind of symbol is a pedophile symbol. No way around it, dude. And people still use it, knowing that. The feds have determined that. These people are using it for that. This Atlanta couple is using it for that. They are interacting with other pedophiles using these emojis like the pizza, cheese pizza, hashtag spiral cyclone emoji. Okay? So, like, let's get over the fact that, like, you know, okay, maybe Hillary Clinton isn't fucking bloodletting the faces of children and eating them in a fucking ping pong comet pizza in D.C. Okay. But that doesn't mean some of this other shit isn't fucking happening. Clearly, this dude's a pedophile using pedophile hashtags while he's getting pizza. Is he actually getting pizza? Probably. Two things can be simultaneously true at the same time in some cases. This being one of them. I need some more fucking weed. Because that symbol, like I said, the FBI identified it. Anyway, days ago, the account uploaded an Instagram reel of a topless child playing with a toy gun between his legs. Quote, he wishes it was a penis, an Instagram user replied with a smirking tongue emoji. Some of the account's captions read, everybody has their type. This is mine. Perfection is in a boy. Sometimes the smell of a boy is simply breathtaking. Fucking gross. If you're leaving these comments on pictures, what in the fuck is wrong with you? What in the actual absolute fuck is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Why would you leave these comments? Like, you're a fucking weirdo. Or is it bots? Like, if somebody created bots to do this so that these pedophiles will come out, so that people can, like, vigilante Dexter kill them? Is that what's happening? Could happen. If you haven't done that yet and you've ever thought about it, you know, I don't know how many people, a, a jury of your peers would probably not convict, you know? Um, Zachary frequently promotes the all-inclusive phrase, love is love, a mainstream LGBTQ slogan, uh, that self-styled minor attractive persons have hijacked to rebrand themselves in an ongoing attempt to normalize sexual attraction to children. Now, I personally don't see a lot of that map shit, but 
that could be a censorship thing. That could be an algorithm thing. That could be an echo chamber thing. That could be just that it's not really that happening. I don't know, right? I have seen some videos. Um, now, some of these people in the videos talking about them claiming to be teachers or doctors. Have I gone and researched their credentials and qualifications and where they're at? No. Um, but do I think that there are pedophiles and sick fucks that are trying to hijack a movement of people who are good people? Yeah. Duh. Just like they've done with Black Lives Matter. That organization is a shit organization. But like, are fucking black people cool? Yeah. They're fucking rad. Miles Davis, dude. Fucking the Migos. Michael Jordan. All cool dudes. I guess. Um, but like the fact that that's like just like thrown in there. I mean, I guess it, look, anything about pedophiles and maps, you can't, you can't say it's like, it's not relevant or that they just try to throw it in there. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it in this moment, because this is an article about fucking pedophiles and people trying to normalize that shit that have hijacked a gay fucking movement. I uh, love this illustration. Even in 2020, some people are afraid to come out and be themselves because of fear of rejection. Blah, blah, blah. Family. And it's like a picture of uh, a fucking gay turtle coming out of a shelf. Uh, as for their left-wing activism, the two Zulogs together since 2013, engaged uh, in 2016, and married since 2017, posed with no hate, face paint on one cheek, and duct tape over the mouth, uh, twice in silent protest for professional photo shoots taken by a celebrity male model photographer part of an anti-gay hate campaign. No hate in my house. Equality, William wrote in an Instagram post. I got the picture. This dude's gram is Cloud Hunter 89. I don't know if it's still up, but you, I guess you go look at it. Um, William and Zachary were photographed carrying rainbow theme Born This Way flags, 2014 Pride Parade, Out Magazine, which touts the nation's, nation's highest circulation uh, among LGBTQ monthly publications. Um, Reply to William's Instagram post. We love your photo and ask for permission to feature it uh, on the official Out website Pride page. William consented to the outlet's terms and conditions for media usage. Out also asked to feature Zachary's own private photo, which he agreed to. Um, longtime couple have also participated in an AIDS walk Atlanta year after year, both wearing orange PNC shirts at 2013 and 2017 Atlanta Pride celebrations. Zach was a Universal Bank specialist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a corporate partner and sponsor of the annual event. Nice way to shove uh, PNC under the bus there. And... Um, you know, due to the fact that one day PNC just deleted all of my bank accounts, uh, fuck PNC. Uh, although, if you have to use PNC, the one on 24th uh, Street, or 25th Street in Baltimore, the people there were A1. If they're still there, I trust and believe they will get you uh, everything that you need there. But other than that, fuck PNC. And honestly, if they're doing the ESG shit, then fuck them, even the one there. Uh, Zachary's big-time supporter of Black Lives Matter, uh, once adding an image of former Barack Obama. The BLM frame is a temporary Facebook profile picture making a BLM graphic featuring the Pan-American flag, traditional pride flag, bisexual flag, and trans flag as Facebook cover photo. Uh, someone with access to Zachary's Facebook account has since scrubbed it and changed his privacy settings. Made that bitch private. Um, Andy, no. Gay activist, Zachary Williams. Tweets uh, showing this stuff. 
Uh, both the Zulogs have preliminary hearings scheduled for the morning of September 1st in Walton Magistrate Court. Uh, their case is still open and the investigation remains ongoing, Sheriff's Office said. The defendants have not been indicted yet, which will likely happen after the September court proceedings in front of a magistrate judge where the state must present evidence there's probable cause to bind the case over to Superior Court. Um, District Attorney Randy McGinley, who serves Walton County, answered TH's procedural question, stating it's too early to say exactly what an indictment could look like in this case, whether it be a joint indictment against the two co-defendants or separate indictments for each defendant, as prosecutor's office continues to gather evidence from the responding law enforcement agencies. To personally handle the case along with others, of my experienced prosecutors, McGinley stated. Walton County Division of Family and Child Services, which was notified about the need for emergency protective placement for two young children, joined last month's late-night raid at the Zulock residence to protect the brothers who live there. Uh, Sheriff's Office thanked the county DFDS for taking the boys into care and applauded Athens, Athens Clark County Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner's Program advocates for offering forensic medical attention and assurance to the boys that they are now safe. Uh, Town Hall reached out to DFCS to inquire if the two boys living in the household are in the state's custody. Spokesperson for the Georgia Department of Human Services told Town Hall with a report uh, alleges child abuse and investigation is conducted to determine whether the children are in need of protective services, which may include separating the children from their family and placing them in foster care. All records of such investigations are confidential under state and federal law and may not be disclosed, the email said. Community members flocked to the couple's residential area after news broke at the local crime scene. The sheriff's office wrote Thursday in a separate Facebook post, the initial media outlet was taken down due to excessive traffic in the former neighborhood of the suspects. People were going to their cribbo, trying to burn that motherfucker down. But I get that one to respect the neighbors, but honestly, fuck them neighbors. Facebook post, the initial media would sing down, blah, blah. According to the warrant, naming Zachary, the person in Loganville, who was first apprehended by Walton County detectives, is identified on the witness list. 26-year-old Hunter Clay Lawless was arrested July 27th on a warrant for felony sexual exploitation of children. Lawless's indigent defense order says his application was incomplete because he refused to answer income questions. He has since been released on a $25,000 bond. Lawless doesn't have much of a digital footprint other than an old Twitter account he still uses. Trying to find that porno. <clears throat> so that's uh, a bunch of that, the shit that you need to know about kind of their background. Back to the tapes, uh, part one. Um, this uh, kind of adds a little bit more to it. Um, talks about the indictment. Uh, Lawless, who snitched on the Zulocks. Um, that's what that last part was saying, uh, told local law enforcement he received numerous messages via Snapchat from Zachary about fucking his son tonight and to be prepared to receive images as well as videos of a father raping his adopted child. That's what he was doing. Zachary met Lawless through a mutual contact, an unidentified man only going, uh, by the first name Blake on the gay dating app Grinder. Following the virtual introduction, Zachary sent photographs and videos to Lawless of a little boy he referred to as his son. Balake. I'm going to fuck my son tonight. Stand by, Zachary alleged, messaging Lawless on Snapchat, and then sent pictures of himself sexually abusing his 11-year-old child. After he was busted, Lawless denied having any physical contact with the Zulok boys, but told law enforcement officers that Zachary invited him multiple times 
to engage in sexual acts with him and his two children. A list of the state's evidence, including 149 images collected at the Zulok home, two flash drives containing Zachary and Lawless's phone data, sexual assault uh, nurse examination results from the children's medical forensic exams, which gathered data evidence, DNA evidence such as bodily fluids and documented injuries, a text message from Lawless, a Snapchat letter, two written letters from the older Zulok child, and a disc containing a data dump from Victoro Sanchez's iPad and iPhone. Um, list of the state's evidence in the Zulok case, a uh, photo of the daddy t-shirt is also an evidentiary item listed in the district attorney's office. Police have found clothes in the older Zulok child bedroom that matched the clothing the boy was wearing in the photos and videos Zachary allegedly sent Lawless. Ugh, dude. So they found the clothes this kid was wearing in the videos of this fucking guy fucking his son. Met the dude on Grinder, traded some images with him, invited him over to say, Hey, dude, I'm going to fuck my son. Do you want to fuck him? Um, years ago, Zachary had proudly displayed a child size so cool like dad t shirt he received as a gift at his adoption shower. Zachary Zulak holding a child so cool like dad shirt at their adoption shower. There's a picture of it. Uh, the relative on Zachary's side of the family agreed to speak with Town Hall on the condition of anonymity. Grilled Zachary during a series of recorded phone conversations in the fall of 22 on who exactly Lawless is and how he knew the suspect. Quote, I mean, like I said, I mean, not everything that's being said is accurate or true. So, I mean, and I'm trying not to lose everything. Zachary was being held separately from William while in pre-child detainment, replied. Zachary was transferred to the Barrow County Detention Center and placed under maximum security due to the nature of his charges, a jail staffer told Town Hall. Uh, Zachary Zulog's mugshot is on this article. Does this guy know you at all, or is it some random thing? He's just trying to rat somebody, the relative asked. Um, so last time he was here, I told him something, and it's, I told you, last time he was here, I wrote him down something and gave it to him. Um, it's something around those lines, but more. Zachary responded vaguely without explaining further. Zachary insisted in a separate phone call. All I can say, you know, is it's not all true. That's all I can say. I need someone in the family who doesn't hate me, so I mean, I can't tell you what to feel, or I can't cry right now around other people, Zachary pleaded in lockup, audibly starting to sob on the phone. I just need somebody who doesn't hate us, he cried. Little fucking bitch, fuck you. Just don't forget me, Zachary beseeched the relative at the end of their first call in September. Zachary began frantically searching for Lawless's profile on Facebook last January. The relative, who had access to his social media accounts, observed over Snapchat... Zachary has active, unopened chats with multiple men, according to the source. Zachary, who lists his Snapchat username and his IG bio, where the self-described activist brags about being popular with two wonderful boys, admitted to sending such material to less than a dozen people. Yo, so this motherfucker has been fucking his kid and sending it to fucking ten people. There's other potential co-defendants under investigation that are out there circulating videos of the Zulok boys. Alcovi Judicial Circuit District Attorney Randy McGinley, who serves Walton County, told the court as of September 7th, bond hearing, according to the transcript provided to Town Hall. So this article is written in September. This shit happened. They rated him in August. This shit happened. This article by Town Hall got written in September. New York Post didn't pick it up until end of January. Just to give you an understanding of the timeline. And I didn't hear about it. Maybe I saw it. Back in September, but it was like 
just on the internet. And after that one post, that was it. I didn't see it again. So I don't even know. But um, <clears throat> back to the article. Uh, they just un- view underage boys as sex objects, McGinley said to the Zulok co-defendants at the virtual court appearance. Raid and seizure. Since the Zulocks have been taken into custody, the married men's assets have been seized. Vehicles have been forfeited and their home is now the property of the state with a lien filed against it. The Zulocks couples criminals. Defense attorney Johnny Halty said in court, adding uh, that a sign on the Zulock house says do not enter property of the Walton County Sheriff's Office. Um, here are some pictures of the mansion, and it is a very nice house. Um, it's bullshit they took our house, a frustrated William stuck in Walton County Jail protested via an hour-long phone call with the Zulock family insider. They seized the house, everything inside of it, all of our cars and our property, William said to the of the seizure. William recounted the night of the armed raid in the Zulock residence. They came in 1130 at night. I was asleep. Zach was asleep. They were going to bust down our door if Zach didn't open the door. The relative asked, they rammed the door down? They were about to, but Zach heard them knocking, and he actually went and opened the door. They slammed him to the floor, and um, I hate to say this, but William paused momentarily, chuckling in a lowered voice. I don't sleep in clothes, he said. It's real fucking funny, you fuck. So they arrested me in my bed naked, William complained, and they walked me across my front yard, put me in a cruiser with no clothes. They wouldn't even let me get my gym shorts or anything. William added he sat stark naked in the backseat of a patrol car until approximately 4 a.m. the following morning while they searched his house for God knows what. God knows what. They were searching it for the fucking kitty porn of you fucking your kid and any and all evidence pertaining to that. The fuck are you talking about, you fuck? Yeah, you could tell in Zach's mugshot that he had a big bruise on the left side of his face, the family member said. Yeah, because they slammed him against the floor in the foyer. He had bruises on his knees, his face, too. They came in blazing with AK-47s or whatever, William continued, recalling about 10, 15 officers. They were doing like a drug bust or something. Because they come in screaming and hollering and overkill, William whined. I'm pretty sure they ransacked the whole house. I think they took our house because they think there was extra money coming in from somewhere. And we're like in our 30s and have this big giant house. And they don't think we could afford it, William said, describing the custom built home he designed. I don't know. It's probably because fuck you and you're fucking your adopted kids, you fuck. Oh, and taking money from the state for your adopted kids, you fuck. I don't know if you even thought about that. I thought about that. Couple's dream home sits on two acres, secluded cul-de-sac in a private, prestigious upscale neighborhood where pre-existing houses are selling for as much as nine hundred thousand. Construction of the mansion from the ground up took only a half a year. Remember, it said average was like seven hundred thousand in the other article. Just saying. Kids love the forest behind us and the playroom for their toys. Uh, beforehand, they lived out of a small house in Snellville, which neighbors Loganville, and at the time the boys were adopted. Couple's lavish lifestyle began to materialize about a year after the Zulog man got the boys. Family insider told Town Hall. In addition to the Zulocks considering purchasing the adjacent property, Zachary told friends they were looking to buy a condo over the next few years, somewhere in the Gulf Shores and Orange Beach outside the southern tip of Alabama's White Sand coastline. Getting ideas for our next house. Had cheekily captioned a picture taken in North Carolina outside of a Biltmore estate, a 250-room, 8,000-acre castle that's considered America's largest home and belongs to the industrialist Vanderbilt family. Fucking... 
Crazy, bro. We went on to accuse Wong County Law Enforcement. I have stayed there at the Biltmore Estate, though. It's a crazy fucking place. Wong County Law Enforcement officials of spinning some lies to seize our house, asserting, I've come to find that most of these police officers in this county smudge and lie just so they can get a higher conviction rate. Me and Zach worked our butts off for everything we've had, William later declared. D.A. McGinley explained in an email to Town Hall that his office has filed a civil complaint seeking to forfeit the Zulak property. Forfeitures are a civil proceeding, but handled by my office, McGinley wrote. In response, the Zulogs filed an answer, and McGinley's office filed a motion for a more definitive statement, which states the answer was insufficient under the law. Two Zulog men were both denied bond when George, Judge Foster determined that the co-defendants are threats to children in the community, flight risks, and at risk to commit new felony offenses, and could intimidate and influence witnesses or victims. That was a sack of bricks that was dropped on everybody at the bond hearing, William commented to the relative. This shit is crazy. Inside the gayest place in town. Interesting choice of words. Nestled within a suburban paradise, Zulog Mansion turned House of Horrors had surveillance cameras installed in every square foot of the property. Oh, kind of like the fucking... It's almost like he took his interior design thought process from fucking Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, excuse me. There was also a secret windowless room. Mm, fucking sick. The size of a closet without any doors hidden behind a movable bookcase in the home office that the cops left open. Did they watch the butterfly effect? Is that where they got the idea? Like, ooh, one day I'm going to fuck some kids and I'm going to throw them in this fucking closet and kill them if I have to. Fucking nuts, bro. I, dude, when I saw that butterfly effect shit, that shit had me sick, bro. Had me sick. That came out a long time ago. Um, so vivid. The shit fucking had me sick. I'm telling you, all the... I'm actually, like, after I finish this article, I'm actually going to take a little break before I dive into the second part, which is a little bit more into, like, the personal details and some of the conversations. Um, but I feel like we've gotten a good start here. Um... Something out of a horror movie, the relative said. Another creepy interior room devoid of windows was reportedly used as a home theater. Uh, LGBTQ pride paraphernalia littered the family's extravagantly furnished four-bedroom, five-bathroom house, plus a packed three-car garage, including a rainbow Mickey Mouse stuffed with the animal placed atop Love Above All pillow in the foyer's love seat, where Zachary was swarmed by the SWAT team and a neon Love is Love sign that adored the kitchen granite countertop. Lamp's pro-inclusivity phrase, a mainstream LGBTQ mantra that self-styled minor-attracted persons have co-opted in a rebranding campaign that, to attempt to normalize sexual attraction to children is one Zachary frequently promoted online. We already went through that. The gopher, uh, Zulok's own a collection of exotic pets, including a gopher tortoise, which Georgia recognizes as a protected species in violation of state law, according to a ticket issued by the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. In the interest of judicial economy, the state moved to dismiss the citation given the alarming lot of life sentences the Zulak co-defendants are facing. Zachary, a Biden voter and ardent Black Lives Matter advocate who championed the left-wing causes on Facebook, also posted images of the house's exterior where the doormat emblazoned the gayest place in town sat uh, at the front door. Our business is our business. What happens in our home stays in our home, the gay couple allegedly told their abused sons. Damn. Fucking Las Vegas of pedophiles there. 
Uh, beyond the child sexual abuse as punishment, that's not even a joke. Uh, during after hours, uh, after school hours, the Zulak boys were forced to stand in a corner for eight hours straight over back-to-back days, over being uh, only being allowed to move to either eat or to use the bathroom. William was wit- also witnessed slapping their younger son hard in the face. They were just abused every possible way, the relative told Town Hall. Relative asked Zachary if he's worried about the two boys and wondering where his sons are. I mean, yeah, but I definitely can't talk about that. But, um, I mean, yeah. And then I'm concerned about the house and everything because, you know, nothing's being paid. Obviously, because I'm here, the longer things that go on, the worse that gets, Zachary responded. I mean, I get you can't talk about it, but damn, it does seem like you're more worried about fucking uh, what's going on with your finances and your house rather than the kids you fuck. But again, if those kids are just literal fuck toys and, like, trophies for you to tout around to fucking whomever to to look like you're good parents and to fucking be cool in the, the kitty porn and fucking circles, then, yeah, I mean, I guess you're doing a pretty good fucking job. Uh, William, the sooner we get out, the sooner I can manage our finances because things are going to start piling up, Zach, Zachary emphasized. Getting out, bitch, you ain't getting out, bro. You ain't going to be alive. William is concerned as well about bills and monthly expenses. We do have, like, subscription stuff that needs canceled, like, you know, Disney, Amazon Video. All of those need to be canceled because it's auto-hitting our credit card, William stressed. The boys were another commodity to them, a family member voiced the town hall. Uh, Zachary seemed like an animated people pleaser with a penchant for self-promotion. Now the case has destroyed the illusion of who I thought he was, the family member said. What a narcissistic sociopath, another relative conveyed to Town Hall's insider that Zachary's overachieving persona was nothing more than a facade to portray a public image of success while that once blue-haired William, who was the quiet and hard-to-read one, always made my skin fucking crawl. Family is questioning, in hindsight, how a low-level civil servant and a small-town bank teller could indulge in such niceties. After an application was submitted to representation for a public defender, a letter addressed to William shows the county's indigent defense program found he was ineligible, citing equity ownership in his spouse's whopping 7500 a week income. A similar denial memo was also sent to Zachary, who handles their money, posting to his supposed well-to-do weekly earnings. Uh, according to Zachary, since the deleted LinkedIn page, he was a branch coordinator at SunTrust in Duluth, career he touts in the Pride-themed t-shirts. Uh, latest Glassdoor data says the position only carries a modest 62000 annual pay. Town Hall contacted the site's bank supervisor, confirmed he still works there, can't verify. Zachary took vacation time using leftover PTO for the first week or two in jail. Then he tried to place himself on a leave of absence, but management wouldn't hear his plight. Pretty sure I don't work there anymore, which is fine because I don't like it anyway. So it's whatever, but I'm pretty sure I don't have a job anymore, Family Zachary told a family member. Uh, specialist at PNC in Pride works as a supervisor. Oh, William works as a supervisor at the county uh, Georgia Department of Driver Services Customer Service Center off Heritage Parkway. He often assisted teenage student drivers who were seeking to obtain their learner's permit or driver's license. Wow, wonder how many of them he tried to suck off or fuck. Probably a bunch. Prior hiring all DDS personnel underwent a personal background check, which included a criminal history report. Town Hall called DDS headquarters to inquire about his employment. They don't give that information over the phone. Uh, can't give any personal information about the employee. 
the only money we had coming in is my paycheck and Zach's paycheck we maintained. And then we never told anybody because it wasn't anybody's business, but they get child support for the kids from the state. He revealed to the relative, oh, so you get child support from the state? Family member asked. Mm-hmm. Until they're 18, he replied. I don't know what happened after they were adopted. The relative stated. I didn't know that happened after they were adopted. The relative stated. William, laughing. I didn't know that either until we adopted them. When questioned about the legal defense paperwork, William countered, that's something they pulled out of their ass. Did you mean something on the finances or what they said in the bond hearing? The family member asked William. Probably about the finances and what Zach makes. William answered, not right outright denying what was alleged in the courtroom. Read part two here. Detailing the Zulox co-conspirators, the scale of the abuse, and the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act that could be applied to such a case. Editor's notes, Town Hall's investigative reporting exposing the disgusting woke ideology of the left would not be possible without the support of our VIP members. Uh, so they definitely, you know, have a, a, a person that they're going to. So I'm going to take a break before getting into section two. I got to go and get a fucking workout in. Uh, good night. So here I am back again to keep discussing this disgusting Sick fucking situation with these pedophiles and the pedophile ring. And I mean, I don't know how big of a ring it was. Um, I mean, people are swapping shit in the local community, whatever. But looking at part two, part two is called part two. Just how big was the operation led by the LGBTQ couple who abused their adopted sons? Question mark. This is part two of a four-part investigation. Um, obviously, this shit contains graphic descriptions of fucking child abuse. You know, but again, I find this to be a, a very important topic to speak on because, obviously, as we discussed earlier in the episode, this shit hasn't been getting the appropriate amount of coverage. You know, and I don't give a fuck if the publication in which it's. Um, mostly being reported out of is considered right wing. The reality is children got nothing to fucking do with left or right wing or politics or any of this shit or agendas perpetrated by whomever. So part two, this four part investigative series, uh, part one, Zulak saga covered how gay activists, William Dale, blah, blah. Um, They've been indicted by a grand jury on a slew of felony child sex charges, including prostitution of a minor. Count 16 and 17 of the indictment charges the Zulak couple with, I just, can I just say I hate their name, Zulak? I don't know where that's from or what the background is there, but I just, I've said it so many times and it's like, it's like in Clockwork Orange when he has to have his eyeballs held open. Uh, the eyelids held open by that fucking, those little, ugh, and they're just eye drop water, like, constantly putting drops in his eyes, making him watch all this disgusting shit. It's fucking sick. That's part of why it's been taking me so long to get this episode done, is because it's fucking sick. The first night when I was, like, re doing some of the research, um, it really was disgusting to me, and I ended up not even eating anything after. And I was starving beforehand. As you already know, I'm getting violently high over here. Um, so yeah, co-conspirators. 
let's talk about some of these motherfuckers. Um, oh, yeah. 16 and 17 of the indictments charges the Zulak couple with soliciting 27-year-old Hunter Clay Lawless and 25-year-old Luis, Luis Armando Vicaro Sanchez, both of Loganville, to engage in, quote, an act of prostitution with their 11-year-old adopted boy. Sick fuckers. Uh, co-conspirators. Hours before the Zulaks were arrested on July 27th, Lawless was apprehended earlier in the day by Walton County detectives on a warrant for felony sexual exploitation of children after downloading child porn of the older Zulak boy per an affidavit. Where the fuck was he downloading it from? Did they arrest him first because they were looking into him already? They had to already, if he, if the only place he was downloading child porn, quote unquote, of the Zulog boy was from Snapchat, and that popped through on like some Snapchat shit, they had to already have the other guy. So they were, they were talking to him probably so they could get him to snitch so they could get what they needed for the warrant, which is one of three ways they typically get a warrant is a confidential informant. Obviously, in this case, as he is a co-conspirator, he's not confidential at all. Like, I don't... I really try to put myself in other people's shoes and, like, see what it's like. Like, think about what it would be like to be somebody. And, um... I'm... I just... I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. You know, authorities were tipped off, tipped off that Lawless uploaded and stored child sexual abuse material on his Google account through an emergency cyber tip. Gotcha. Sent to the Nationwide Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force Network and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children Child Protective Organization, the affidavit says. Nothing that numerous other cyber tips were generated with the same Gmail address. One of these photographs, which contain metadata indicating it was created on an iPhone on December 9th, 2021, showed a prepubescent child being forced to perform oral sodomy on an adult male, per the affidavit. The victim's age was ascertained, quote, ascertained based on physical size, stature, relative to the male's penis and facial features. So fucking sick. Fucking disgusting. During a Mirandized audio-video interview, um, Lawless admitted that he both knew the sexually abused child was approximately 10 years of age, as well as his legal name, the affidavit concludes. Like, yo, you're on the fucking internet just fucking sending whoever videos of you fucking your adopted kid. Like, what in the actual fuck is wrong with you? Uh, time of the one-child pornographic photo in the question, created on a mobile device, the Zulak boy was still 9 years old and would turn the age of 10 a week later on December 15th. Yo, like, happy fucking birthday, from dad, here's some fucking trauma that you're going to have to try to block out. And hopefully you don't do to somebody else. You know, there's on the, um, on the website, there's an affidavit uh, basically saying the same things that they just said right above. It's all pretty much a quote. Law enforcement learned from Lawless that there was, quote, a secondary suspect, quote, producing homemade child sexual abuse material with at least one adopted child who lived in the home with the perpetrator. Uh, Sheriff's Office wrote in a press release, Lawless allegedly met Zachary through a mutual contact named, quote, Blake on Grindr, an LGBTQ hookup app, and received numerous Snapchat messages from Zachary saying, quote, I'm going to fuck my son tonight, and to, quote, stand by for graphic visuals 
uh, of the father raping his child. Standing, according to what Lawless told police, Zachary also invited Lawless multiple times, quote, to end in sexual acts with him and his adopted kids, but Lawless denied having had any physical contact with the Zulak boys. There's also a screenshot of Zachary Zulak's Snapchat with an open Snapchat to Hunter Lawless. Uh, while investigators first conducted a search warrant at Lawless's house, the suspect ID'd Zachary via his Facebook page. Investigators confirmed through a county school system that the child was enrolled there and obtained a home address. Deputies discovered the evidence during the nighttime search and rescue effort at the Zulak mansion. The adoptive fathers of the sibling pair residing in the home were engaging in sexually abusive acts and video documenting this abuse. Police also found clothes in the child's bedroom that matched what the boy was wearing in the CSAM that Zachary allegedly sent Lawless. Lawless, the son of a hairstylist who lives with his mother, was quickly released two days after his arrest and had been out on a $25,000 bond since July 29th. So, the dude was released two days after fucking this shit goes down, because he's an itch, and only had a $25,000 bond? That's crazy. No one picked up the phone when Town Hall called the Lawless household in his mom's hair salon. Uh, Vicaro Sanchez, the other accused pedophile, uh, poor fucking... Uh, Miss Lawless, her business probably, like, is garbage. Think about it. If the owner of the hair salon you go to, son, is on some pedophile shit, that's going to quickly get around. And nobody's going to go to the fucking lady who raised a pedophile's hair salon. So it's very possible that nobody answered that joke because uh, nobody's fucking there because it's fucking shut the fuck down. And I'm sorry... Miss Lawless, but not really a fan of your bloodline right now. Uh, Vicaro Sanchez, the other accused pedophile who was allegedly solicited by the Zulaks to engage in prostitution with their son, is facing a plethora of unrelated charges, including felony enticing another child for indecent purposes. Damn. A warrant issued for Vicaro Sanchez's arrest on September 2nd says he acknowledged sending a 13-year-old boy who resided within the same home as Vicaro Sanchez, pornographic videos of other children he believed to be the victim's age as a means to coerce the child. Damn. So this motherfucker, and, and Vicaro Sanchez, I would highly recommend looking these articles up and looking at these motherfuckers, because this motherfucker looks like a little stick little fucker. And he's coercing somebody in his own home with other child porn videos to say, look... Other kids of your age are fucking. You should let me fuck. Damn, this is fucked up. I don't. I don't even know if I'm gonna have a podcast after this. Uh, Vicar Sanchez, a former Kroger employee, is also charged with multiple counts of felony computer theft, felony shoplifting, and theft by taking at the Kroger supermarket location in Loganville after the ex-retail clerk allegedly caught on the grocery store surveillance footage conducting fraudulent sale transactions of $50 to $200 Apple iTunes gift cards, Nintendo Wii gift cards, Sony gift cards, and consumable goods at a cash register while he was working shifts between December 2018 and July 2020. Affidavit statements alleged of Car Sanchez uh, manipulated the computer terminal by using unauthorized store coupons, hijacking other managers override, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now making a meager $4.25 per week, working some unknown occupation of Car Sanchez, represented by a court-appointed public defender on all charges, as well as the sex crimes against children after the state declared he is indigent. Car Sanchez is smirking in his mugshot taken upon booking at Walton County Jail and remains detained pending bail. It's, 
I can see how you could say it's a smirk. I don't know, 100%, but at the same time, the motherfucker's buying weed gift cards. And all there, dude. A uh, quick look into Vicaro Sanchez's digital footprint shows he's an avid gamer obsessed with anime. <clears throat> Fucking anime weirdo. Who would have guessed? His current Facebook cover photo portrays a fictional character from a Japanese anime series who strives to bring justice to the world, while his YouTube channel has clips of himself playing the Street Fighter-style video game before his short-lived Kroger gig. Uh, Carl Sanchez once attended the state championship for a popular Japanese trading card game to battle out who is the best card fighter in Georgia. I wonder what the fucking game was. Digimon? He looks like somebody that fucking played Digimon. Fed charges. Zach, the cameraman whose cell phone allegedly contained a folder titled US, oh, titled Us, storing videos of his husband, William, sexually abusing their older son, confessed in a recorded police interview to sending child pornographic material of the, quote, routine, damn, routine sexual abuse to, quote, less than a dozen people, end quote. Zachary, whose Snapchat username is advertised on Instagram, has unopened Snapchats with many men, according to a concerned family member who was granted access to his social media. Uh, aside from Lawless and Vicaro Sanchez, there are other potential co-defendants of the ongoing criminal case that are still under investigation and out there distributing videos of the Zulak boys. Alcovey Judicial, uh, whatever, uh, Randy McKinley, who serves Walton County, told the court at a September 7th bond hearing, according to a transcript provided to Town Hall. Could the Zulak couple face federal charges? How far-reaching is the pedophile ring, and will other members be unmasked? Quote, we declined to comment. Public affairs officer in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Georgia replied when Town Hall inquired of the U.S. Department of Justice any interest in investigating and prosecuting a federal case against Zulak co-defendants. Last year, Georgia's Department of Justice Office pursued a handful of child sex crime-related cases in its jurisdiction. Um, oh, here's... What's well, probably a little bit of rhetoric. As Town Hall previously reported, Biden administration's DOJ is preoccupied with targeting peaceful pro-life leaders and rounding up elderly Christian preachers who stand up for innocent unborn life. Yep, like I said, the rhetoric. Uh, one father who protested outside of an abortion clinic in Georgia's northwest neighbor, Tennessee, was arrested at home by a swarm of armed FBI agents in front of his children. Not related to this article. Uh, child pornography is a legal contraband under federal law, which prohibits the production, uh, blah, 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 child exploitation and obscenity section. Its mission is to protect the welfare of America's children. Uh, child sex trafficking is prohibited. Yes, we know. Um, when the victim is a minor, uh, does not require proof that the defendant used force, threats of force, fraud, or coercion, or any combination of those means to cause the minor to engage in a commercial sex act. RICO. Uh, following an armed raid in the Zulak Mansion, uh, now says do not entity proper property of the Walton County Sheriff's Office. Uh, the September bond hearing, uh, Judge Foster mentioned the prosecution um, possibly proceeding forward under the child sex trafficking statute uh, of the state's racketeer influential RICO Act. Um, having been proceeding under RICO, I don't know if they are proceeding forward under the child sex trafficking statute, but there are collateral civil opportunities that the state can proceed with. They're talking about taking these fools' money. Uh, Foster told the Zulak couple's criminal defense attorney, Johnny Haldy, who was questioning the seizure's legality. Uh, so their assets have been seized pending the resolution of those. Uh, to combat the increasing sophistication of various criminal elements, the Georgia General Assembly adopted the RICO Act and developed the state's RICO statute from the existing 1970 federal law. 
uh, that's designed to take down organized crime in the U.S. The state must prove that the defendant facing RICO charges committed two or more um, predicate crimes and that such predicate acts were committed as part of an enterprise, quote, engaging in a, quote, pattern of racketeering activity. As listed by blah, blah, racketeering activity can be defined as including prostitution, keeping the place of prostitution, pimping, and pandering. In Georgia, the state also possesses the power to impose civil remedies. A judge may order a defendant to give up any business interest or property that was gained through a RICO violation. Um, custom Designs Zulak Mansion, which was suspiciously constructed within half a year, was seized under a probate cause seizure warrant uh, signed by a judge. Uh, before the mansion's construction, Zulak couple lived with the boys in a small-scale Snellville house. Snellville. Couple's wealth allegedly materialized after the boys moved to moved in. Uh, D.A. McGinley's office, which handles forfeitures, considered civil proceedings, has filed a civil complaint seeking to forfeit the Zulak couple's property. At the local level, Zulak co-defendants were not charged with RICO Act violations or child sex trafficking. Um, Offices reviewed the case and recommended to the grand jury the charges were appropriate based on the law and the facts. McGinley wrote in an email to Town Hall discussing the 17-count indictment. Sex trafficking was not charged, and neither was a violation of the RICO Act. Again, that is based on the facts and circumstances of this specific case and the law. Zachary contacted a few out-of-state gay Facebook friends to reconnect after getting the boys. Family member told Town Hall. The relative also noted Zachary, who follows gay pornographers in Atlanta, um, appeared to have been testing the waters in several relationships, asking in messenger chats if his friends were happily cuffed. A couple took an excessive amount of family trips, the source said, staying at a number of Airbnbs across America. Just before July's police bust in May and June 2022, uh, Zulux enjoyed a lengthy Airbnb stay in Chicago, Illinois. While sightseeing, the couple donned pride gear, and Zachary focused on photographing the tourist attractions that signaled support for LGBTQ inclusion. Um, between those two months last year, Zulox also went to Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, Gulf Tours, Alabama, uh, a go-to vacation spot for gay tourists, as well as the Zulox family. A uh, couple was also considering buying a condo there, too. During one of the family's excursions in 2018 to Gulf Shores Pizza Place, Zachary had drawn a rainbow circle around a portion of the children's menu for kids aged 12 and under that jokingly quipped, children unattended will be sold as slaves. Damn. Wow. Uh, weird. Uh, also posted a questionable photo in 2020. Caption waiting for the pizza. We discussed that. Fucking weird. Other destinations over the years include New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, Cabin and Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Thanks for letting me know that. Um, they went to D.C. Um, we talked about that. Uh, they ordered a massive framed map of the U.S. showcasing the adventures of the Zulak family. Uh, planned them out on the wall somewhere in the mansion. It's bigger than I thought. It's a uh, case you're wondering. It's a map of America that is colored like the gay flag. Um, as documented by reports in other U.S. states, Snapchat and Grinder have become modern-day honeypots for looking pedophiles everywhere to connect with fellow child predators. Circulate child porn and contact minors to sexually abuse them. Don't you do you remember when Snapchat used to be fun? Like, I feel like all these places are just havens for weirdos. And it's a place where people can anonymously 
look at kids being kids and shit. Obviously, you know, I would say the parents have a responsibility, but at the same time, like, you give these kids a phone, which, how do they not have a phone? How did we not have a phone? Has things changed? Do we just feel like things have changed? Is it just that we're more aware of how things are now? How does this shit work, man? A uh, spokesperson for Snap, which owns Snapchat, wrote an email to Town Hall. Quote, any sexual abuse of minors is abhorrent and illegal, and we have dedicated teams that work closely with law enforcement, experts, and industry partners to combat it. If we become anywhere aware of any sexual conduct involving minors, whether it's identified through proactive detection tech or reported to us through our confidential in-app reporting tools, we immediately remove it and report it to the authorities. Doesn't everybody know that? How do these people, like, even fuck around? We prohibit young people under the age of 13 from using Snapchat, and we have extra protections for Snapchatters under 18 that make it even harder for them to be discovered and contacted by people they don't know. Uh, reports of child sexploit- exploitation and sexual abuse are reviewed by the company's trust and safety teams, spokesperson told Town Hall. Evidence of such illegal activity results in immediate Snapchat account termination. No chance for reinstatement. Oh, great. Um, says the... Um, uh, family members now suspect that the Zoolocks censored their children's faces to evade law enforcement detection technology. Oh. Now, they, notice how they said they used the T-shirt. And um, that's because they didn't have, they couldn't confirm the face on the gram because all the pictures on the gram had like an emoji over the face. Uh, so stay tuned for part three to be released on Thursday, January 19th, 23, detailing how Zachary was accused of being a child rapist prior to the adoption, but was never charged, and how Georgia's child welfare system failed these two boys. And I've already invested this much time into the story, so you already know I will be looking into part three, but I definitely need to record some other shit because this topic has honestly uh, been quite a drag. Um... It's it's pretty fucked up to even have that anybody has to report it. Am I reporting it? I don't know. How do you want to fuck? It? I'm just reading an article online that you should probably go and read too, because I tried to read it fast on my Ben Shapiro shit. And if any of you are still here after all that, congratulations, you win a prize. Send me a message on Instagram. Um, I'm going to call it a night. Decompress after that one. Um, you know the ways to get in touch with me. Uh, support yourself. Shop first form. Um, use me. There's a link on my Instagram you can get to. Links on my Twitter. Um, you know, Share this podcast with your friends, with your family, whomever. Maybe not this episode if they've never listened before, if they have no clue what the fuck they're getting into. This might not be the episode, but fuck it. You know, go out with a bang. Let it be what it is. Much love, much appreciated. Bonksmore out, dude. But yeah, so we're fucking really glad that Andrew Hadwin is dead. Shout out to the fucking UK prisoners that... Still abide by the code. You know, like, you don't fuck with kids. And... Andrew Hadwin did. He fucked around. 
God damn it. That motherfucker found out. For real. You know, we can only hope that the women's side of the penitentiary there holds up their end as well with old Cheryl Pickles. Fucking sloppy fat bitch. Like, just reading shit like that gets me so fired up. You know, it's like, I have children, and they're just like the most beautiful little creatures on the planet. And the thought of somebody trying to hurt them brings, boils my blood into a fucking violent rage where that sea red should have come out. And I'm fucking, I hurt, I can hurt people. You know? But, but, you know, that, that that type of energy will never be around me, you know, and I work my ass off to be physically harder and mentally stronger than my opponent. And my teammates, my family, my children, my friends, they all count on me for that. And that's why we're at it, man. You know, I've, I've mentioned on the last episode, I fucking hurt my foot. And every person I talk to about it, like, oh, get some rest. Rest it. Put it up. Stay, stay fucking relaxed. Rest. You know, I don't know how to do that. I'm on fucking 75 hard. And see, here's the thing with that. Is that, you know, it's scalable. If the best I could do that day is go out and fucking do some arm circles outside for my outdoor workout. So be it, that's what it is. But I had more than that. I went and walked. So fuck it. I didn't go hard, hard and put on the weight vest, though. Still still feel like kind of a bitch for that one. You know, but I've been hitting the gym. I've still been training jujitsu, just less. Trained uh, two or three times this week. But, um, you know, didn't go bananas. Definitely was like not a hundred percent a great idea, I don't think. But at the same time, you know, it got me in the gym, like the regular lifting weights gym, working on some shit, and um, you know, I was just working out all the other muscles that I could. Fortunately, there's plenty of machines to be able to get some of that shit done, and um, you know, a body motion stays in motion. This is not like some new thought process to me. Because I was like thinking about it. And I was thinking about how I'd roll my ankle back when I was a teenager, I'd skateboard and whatever. And I'd be off it for like two days. And then throw like, like wrap that motherfucker up, throw my shoes on. And start skating switch stance. Trying to learn tricks riding switch. You know, and, and that shit would hurt. Trying to fucking push. You know, so I'd fucking push Mongo. Like a fucking tool bag. But I was like part of the generation where like... You could still get away with some Mongo if you wanted to. I had a friend who pushed Mongo-footed for like regular like that was like his regular way of pushing and he could push regular too but for some reason 
this motherfucker could like definitely was like Mongo footed. And for those who don't know what Mongo footed is, just to be clear, like on a skateboard, right? There's two stances, right? There's regular footed where you have your left foot forward uh, up towards the nose or front end of the skateboard. And then your um, back foot, your right foot, is on the back end of the skateboard, right? Or that's called regular stance. You have goofy stance, which is the opposite, right? Your right foot is forward. Transworld Skateboarding put out a great uh, video called Right Foot Forward featuring only goofy-footed skateboarders. It's cool. Um, You know, not very inclusive. They never did a left foot forward, but hey, you know. Um, and your, your left foot is your back foot. So now if you're riding a skateboard, typically the way you would push your skateboard, right? If I was regular footed, which I am, so we'll use that as the example, right? My front foot is my left foot. It's up at the front of the board on the bolts and I'm using my right foot to push, right? Now, when I ride switch stance, right, which for me would be goofy footed. My right foot forward is not my natural uh, riding stance. What, especially back in the old days, like the 80s, this was really big in the 80s when people would have really tiny skateboard wheels. Oh, very tiny wheels. Um, They were just slightly bigger than the bearings. But they would have like these big wide-ass boards with tiny-ass wheels. so crazy to me. What a weird setup to me. Um, I always like some good middle of the road size wheels, like a, a 53 to a 55. Sometimes I'll get a 56, depending on how much park I was riding. You know, bigger wheel in the park means less pumping around, right? So that shit was beneficial. I was a big boy, so I could handle it. Now, um, because my natural pushing foot is my right foot, that's the foot I'm used to. So what people would do when they're riding switch is they'll still, you know, for me, it would be I my right foot forward. I take my right foot off. And so my back foot is still on the board and I'm pushing using my front foot. And then I bring my front foot back, right? Which in this situation is the right foot. Uh, and then I try and do my trick, which would be. I pop down the tail with the left foot, flick my right foot outward and do a kickflip or whatever fucking little trick I'm trying to do. Um, It looks really goofy when you push Mongo. So my, you know, my generation of skateboarders was like, we would push Mongo sometimes. We would push, you know, if we were riding switch, we would push with the correct foot for that stance. Um... You know, sometimes there was just something about it, though, if you needed to get, like, like something about it just felt a little more natural when you're riding Switch. But my friend, anyway, a friend of mine, for his regular stance, he wouldn't be riding Switch, he would push Mongo. And then when he would ride Switch, he would use, he would, like, do it the proper way. It was so fucking weird. And it used to piss me off because he looked like such a fucking idiot. But I got to give the guy credit because he was a tough motherfucker. One of the mo- one of the toughest little motherfuckers in our crew. 
Uh, we used to all go to the body together. And, um, you know, I remember my first day of high school, I already knew all these guys because they were older than me. Um, and I was like the young buck, but I was nice on a skateboard. And if we had to go to the body, I would go to the body. If we had to drink, I would drink. I could drink it fucking 13, 14, bro. You didn't want to fuck around with me. Call me Edward 40 hands. Tape them bitches right to my hands. Walk around the party with two 40s taped to my hands. But you got to drink them quick. And you got to drink them evenly. You got to like distribute evenly with Edward 40 hands. Because, you know, if you just stick to one, then you have a whole 40 that's uh, fucking in one hand, an empty hand. Whole 40. And I guess liquid volume spread out between two hands feels better and more natural for once it warms up, you know? Rather than, like, one whole flat-ass one, it feels like you're getting more, and it's, like, almost, like, easier to chug, like, switching hands, you know? Double fisting, for real. But, yeah, I I don't know why I was on the topic of skateboarding, but... While we're there, we can talk about some of the similarities between skateboarding and jujitsu that I've really been thinking about lately. And, you know, you could branch some of this shit off into everything fucking else if you want to. But, um, you know, jujitsu, you're in constant motion and there are there are sets of principles, um, you know, I'll say heuristic rules. To quote my man, John Danaher, um, you know, which for those of you uncultured swine who don't know what a heuristic rule is, um, it's kind of a general rule, but not one to base a whole philosophy around as doctrine, you know, kind of like, um, you know, certain things you just, you quote unquote, in jiu-jitsu, it's like, there's no things you would never do. But there are some things that, in most scenarios, the right thing is this. So if you can come up with a whole little set of heuristic rules to kind of, you know, uh, curve your, you know, help with your natural ability, um, it's good, right? It's good because you have, um, there's some basics. And when it comes to uh, skateboarding, right? You have uh, general movement, um, general sets of rules that are that make sense, right? But for any individual given set of circumstances, any individual moment um, on a skateboard, first and foremost, right? If I'm if I'm trying to kickflip over a Say a a, ten, a stair set with 10 stairs, a 10 stair, if you will. I will, 10 stair. That's the appropriate lingo you would use. Oh, I'm going to kickflip over this fucking 10 stair. And so with said 10 stair, right, a kickflip is done in a certain way. You put your feet, put your foot up near the bolts, flip the foot outward. And bring it back up, catch the board, bring it back, catch it with your feet, and fucking stomp that motherfucker. But 
over the 10 stair, you're going to be going at a different speed maybe than you would just uh, on the street, right? Because you have to make sure you have to factor in clearing the 10 stair first and foremost, right? Like, how big do you want to go? Are you really trying to, like, slow-mo your kickflip? Do you want it to flip fast and you stomp it? Do you want it to move real slow so you kind of catch it at the last second? Um, you know, what's the landing like? Right? How do you need to land? When you're doing a kickflip over a stair set, your kickflip, you know, the way you would flip it, from my experience, it's less outward, you know, kind of off to the side and more, your foot is more, you know, perpendicular with the board, you know, so you're kind of kicking it straight outward, right? So it really stays under your feet in that way, right? Whereas when you're, you're going to flick it faster when you're just on the street, because there's no airtime really other than just however high you choose to pop it. You know, um, and like your kickflip is going to be different when you're just riding fast down the street. What is the pavement like? Is it smooth? Is it have little gravels, right? Your weight is going to be balanced differently if you're trying to prepare for the potential of like a little tiny baby ass rock getting caught under your front wheel. You're not going to lean on the front wheel as heavy. So, and that can be applied in every on every single street. If you're doing a kickflip standing still, uh, how fast you're going. If you're kickflipping into a grind, right? If you're kickflipping over something, if you're like, whether that be a height obstacle, like you stack some skateboards up on top of each other and you're trying to kickflip over the amount, X amount of skateboards. If you're trying to kickflip over a stair set, if you're trying to fucking, uh, like, you know, and so it's different for every single road, every single t- time, you know, as you skateboard longer and can feel it, you know, are you kickflipping going off of a ramp? Are you on some form of transition like, uh, like a bowl or a half pipe or a mini ramp? All of these places in which you would be doing a kickflip are going to be different. And the same fucking thing goes for jiu-jitsu. You know? An armbar, in theory, is the same, right? You're using your legs to isolate the arm, pinching them together, you know, pushing your hips into it while fucking pulling the arm away. You know, so that it's fucking, basically the arm is a lever and the joint is where you are trying to fucking destroy. So the joint needs to be above your uh, pelvis, you know, and how hard you want to destroy your dick is up to you, you know, but ultimately you're isolating, right? But how you set up the arm bar from the mount is different than the way you would set it up from the closed guard, which is different than the way you would set it up from side control, right? The way you pass someone's guard, you know, while you might do a knee cut pass, that shit is going to be different for every fucking opponent. You know, are they tall? Are they 
fat? Do they have play half guard where they are very tight? You know, uh, are they flexible? Are they inflexible? Is what is their skill and experience level? You know, like every time you do it, what? How how strong are you? How tired are you? Where are you trying to go after that movement? And so, like, every time you do it, it's going to be different. You know, every second is different. And while you might be doing the same movements, they're different. They're all going to be different. You know, it's like life. You know, if you just fucking are going through, you're doing the same movement. So when I got clean. You know, I'll give it another fucking analogy I like to fucking use. When I got clean, right, my life wasn't drastically different. I just shifted where I was putting my energy and attention. So instead of spending all my energy and attention into finding ways and means to get more fucking dope to put into my fucking veins, you know, I figured out, okay, how can I spend my time finding ways and means to stay clean? You know, and the good thing was that there was a billion people, I say a billion, but I don't know a billion people, but there was, it felt like it, there was more than enough people, there was a surplus of people that were willing to help me. Of all ages, experience levels, backgrounds, sexual identity, creeds, race, religion, and none of that shit mattered. All that mattered was fucking, you know, the fact that this guy went through some shit that was similar to me, he felt some pain that I felt. And even though we might have been different on the outside, you know, we might have enjoyed different pastimes, we may have done different drugs, none of that matter. What mattered was the therapeutic value of one addict helping another. And so, you know, I started putting all my energy into getting clean, staying clean, um, you know, and then I was able to kind of like throttle that back a little bit, um, you know, as as you start out, you know, as a white belt and getting clean, you know, you're really like, you're, you're in there, you're fucking diving the fuck in all the way. You're there early at the meeting. You're there after the meeting late. You're fucking raising your hand. You're asking questions. You're fucking sharing. Usually you're sharing a lot of bullshit, but oh, well, you know, just like on the jiu-jitsu mat, when you're a white belt, you're a fucking idiot. When you're a blue belt, you're still a fucking idiot. You know, it's like having a year clean. You got a little time. You put a little time together, you know? That, it's actually, it's like getting 18 months clean, because that great t- key tag, fucking, a lot of people went out before that one. That's the least picked up key tag. You know? You get to a profile, you start getting somewhere, man. You know? Like, you kind of know a couple things. You've done enough things. That doesn't mean you're a fucking ace at jiu-jitsu, but it just means that you've been around long enough to where, like, you know a couple things, and you can fucking really... You got a game established for the most part. You know, and, um, you know, you can kind of impose your game on on the fucking white and blue belts, give all the purple belts and brown belts and black belts, you know. But as you get better, right, you learn how to get more efficient with your movements. You learn more movements, you learn which ones are good, which ones to cut out. Same with getting clean. You learn which people are good, which ones to cut out, right? That doesn't mean you're not willing to help them. You'll help whoever, however, right? That's your duty. 
right? I take that same attitude in the jiu-jitsu mats, right? That's how I take it in life, right? Like the people that I work with and have any sort of business relationship with, I try to go above and beyond the same way that I would in getting clean, staying clean, the same way that I would helping somebody else getting clean, same way that people have helped me in jiu-jitsu that I would help them in jiu-jitsu or in life, right? Because in this current age of phase of my life where I'm at, jiu-jitsu has really replaced NA. It's like NA, except um, you get, instead of like just sharing a bunch of bullshit um, and not sharing a bunch of bullshit, that, I'll rewind that because that's fucked up. That's wrong. Um, instead of sharing a bunch of bullshit, some people share some bullshit, but some people share some really great shit. And, um, you know, everyone's at different places in their process, like in jujitsu, for sure. But, um, you know, in NA, it's like a lot of talking to the problem, talking about solutions. If it's, it's a good um, situation, there's good recovery. They're going to be talking about the solutions to problems. They're not going to just be talking about using. And um, whereas in jiu-jitsu, instead of talking about our problems, which we can do and we usually do before or after, right? Like there's the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting, right? Where you guys are all fucking together, bonding, reveling in the fact that you guys shared some traumatic shit. We're really there for each other and connected and bonded in ways that not regular people are doing, right? It's the same in jiu-jitsu, right? But instead of like just sharing and talking about these things, we're actually doing some shit, like strangling each other, like fucking going to the edge to where we could literally destroy someone's ability to fucking function as a human. I mean, jiu-jitsu is a very, it is a, it is a martial art that is designed to uh and and achieves you know for the most part um you know a smaller more technical uh fighter to beat a bigger stronger less skilled opponent and now that doesn't mean that some little 130 pound female black belt is going to just be able to annihilate some D1 200-pound 20-year-old wrestler. Could she? Potentially, yeah. But it's not like she's going to one-fucking-inch punch this dude and it just be over and he's annihilated. It's it's going to take work, possibly some time. But even that, right, at least she would have a chance. <coughs> you know, maybe not a D1 wrestler. is pretty fucking you know, extreme, but, but there's a possibility, you know, and, um, yeah, I like to believe that my children have the opportunity to learn a skill set that could help that be very valuable to them in life. And God forbid they ever have to use it in a real situation on the street. But if they did, you know, hopefully that's something that they could fucking give them a chance. A chance to fucking survive. You know, I mean, that's how I really am, am coming at it th these days is how can I help my children live? We're getting ready to start hunting together. I never hunted a day in my life. Never wanted to be a hunter. Now I feel like it's a fucking invaluable skill. I need to be able to fucking take down some animals and fucking get some meat. Get some meat. Come on, man. I need to be a man. I need to go hunting.
I never thought about that shit. Now it's like on the top of my mind. I think about it every day. You know, um, I think about, uh, you know, I, how much I've loved porn, how much I've considered myself to be a sexual person, willing to share my sexual energy with a lot of different people. Now, not at all. Can't none of you have my sexual energy. And like, it's really hard to not watch porn. I'll tell you what, as somebody that has watched porn, probably more days than not, from the time I was 12, looking at pornographic picture websites on fucking Windows 98, giving my computer whole viruses. Sacrificing a $2,000 computer to the porn gods and the fucking Napster and LimeWire gods and Aries and Kazaa. Kazaa Light, Aries Light. You know? And one nothing light about them. I don't know what the fuck. But, you know, and at that point I was downloading porn. I realized I didn't have to just use the website. I could download it, put it on a disc. Watching the computer in my room, which was like the old computer that had already been destroyed that I, you know, kind of got back to life and uh, would play Diablo 2 on, um, on dial-up and look at my little porno DVDs that I make with my own shit. A lot of good shit, man. I've actually been diving. So I have, if I'm watching porn, the only way I'm watching porn is if it's like shit I used to watch when I was younger. Right, but I really, and I'm gonna get personal. I've really been spending a lot of my time diving back into the old spank bank, right? Thinking back to previous sexual encounters. A, it's been great. Um, I felt a rejuvenation, a sense of rejuvenation. Um, and uh, I just feel like porn makes it so easy to desensitize ourselves and like. <clears throat> you can watch whatever. And the porn nowadays is sick as fuck. It's like, why is everything about a, a fucking step family member? Why is everything about trying to fuck a family member of some sort? They're trying to normalize that shit. People were in the pandemic just fantasizing like the sick fuckers they are. And you see that shit and it gives you the opportunity to like let it stink in your subconscious. You know? And you're, I don't, I mean, I'm not a fucking scientist, but I don't know, right? My thought is, right, you're just there fucking jacking away. And you're like, oh, you know, I don't even have the sound on. I'm not listening to them do this weird stepbrother shit. You know, she's stuck in a dryer and he just fucking pulls his dick out. You make people think that shit is okay. There are people, and I've talked about this before, I'm sure. There are people who believe that if you were to see, like, a passed-out woman on the street, that you could just fuck her. Like, what? That's rape, my, my brother in Christ. That's rape, you sick bastard. What the fuck are you thinking? No, no, no. You know? Stepsister stuck under the couch is fucking... is a no-no. And I know you're seeing it on fucking Pornhub, but that doesn't make it reality. You know? Fucking your stepmom and having her talk about how your dick is bigger than your dad's or you fuck her better than your dad is fucking weird, dude. Stop it. And ladies, if you're doing it, please, I don't, I'm not hating, please. Do all the sex work you want to do, for sure. I mean, I, I believe that there's a possibility that a lot of people that are involved in sex work are doing it just to do it. And uh, they're almost 
conditioned into doing it and brainwashed into doing it, and they believe it's their own ideas, but that's only because I understand how propaganda works and have been somebody that has fallen victim to it before myself. So um, if it could happen to me, it could happen to fucking anybody. But that's my own opinion. That's my own perspective. Um, you know, I'm all about getting your money, girl. Right? But, like, do we have to... Can we get, like, a resurgence of, like, you know, how about, like, man fucks wife uh, missionary in hopes of making baby? Like, why not? You know, like, father of three wants to make more children and make sure there's children for America or wherever, you know? If you want to get freaky, watch the ones from, like, Italy. You know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so what do you do? What do you fucking do? If you're somebody that's been watching porn for this fucking long, right? Over 20 years, 20 years. That's a long time to be looking at porn on the computer. And it's like just blasting fucking dopamine receptors all the fucking time. Do you know how much, do you know how much, to, and not even, it's like, not even, like, oh, you know, I mean, dude, there were, I'm talking probably years of, like, really fucking just grinding away at the fucking, you know, just really choking the bishop, you know, fucking uh, beating that motherfucker down, choking the goddamn chicken, you know, giving the old fucking distinguished old gentleman a rub down on top of two duffel bags, you know? Playing a little pocket pool. And, um, you know, and like, I, and I say that, but like, just to give you a realistic picture, it's like, dude, those early days, man, like, my family would like be at the pool all day hanging out. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be down shortly. And I don't know if I'd spend hours just fucking grinding away at the fucking shit, using fucking anything I could to fucking get off. You know, this shit is fucking real. And so now at 34, I'm trying to fucking detox myself. And God damn it, it's hard. All right. I'm just trying to be real with y'all. Keep it a thousand. You know, I fucking love porno. But like I said, I've been work actively working to rejuvenate the old self-stimulation through imagination. And um, it's been working. I think it's been working. Uh, if you're fucking thinking about it, try it. You know? Some days I might go a couple days. That's great. More testosterone coursing through the veins. Right? You're blowing your testosterone. You're normalizing weird thoughts and behaviors um, and, and ideas for behaviors. So just stop it, man. Chill. You know? Dig back. Find some old 70s big bush porno. You know, where they got a whole storyline, and it's like grown adults not doing, like... I mean, there's definitely a lot of weird ones, but, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's not incestual. Because that shit is fucking weird to me. Uh, with all that being said, um, I gotta hop the fuck off here. I'm fucking ripped right now. I'm absolutely demolished. Um pretty zooted from this fucking mimosa hash and this energy drink combination 
Um, I need to stretch, and I'm about to I'm about to go meal prep five pounds of meat um, to eat over the next few days. Uh, really get the fuck after it. Um, eating pretty animal based, I'd say for the most part. Um, not everything, but a lot of things, and I'm liking how I'm feeling. I'm feeling beefy. A hundred, about 180 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Um, lifting more. You know, if you're in need of some supplements, some vitamins, get you some uh, M factor or micro factor. You can get the micro factor in capsule format or fucking powder, whatever you like. Um, I haven't used the powder myself, but I don't mind taking the capsules. Sometimes uh, can get overwhelming when you're taking a bunch of them. If you're taking a bunch of other supplements, but, you know, in the powder, you could mix in with multiple other things. So fuck the world. But, you know, it's proven, man. Get you some fucking vitamins. First form, you can use a link for me. Support this podcast. There's links on my fucking IG. Get after it. There's links in the show notes. But um, at the end of the day, uh, 1P is a company that's American. Uh, American, working on getting everything 100% American made, uh, bringing real jobs to uh, the state of Missouri uh, outside the loo. And um, that shit is important, right? If you're some of my, my fellow jiu-jitsu homies, um, get some fucking joint mobility, some full mega uh, EPA, DHA um, supplement, and uh, some collagen. Uh, it's some of the best quality collagen out there on the market, without a doubt, based on my experience. The joint mobility, I'll give you a hint. It acts, uh, it totally um, alleviates the need for like um, aspirin, like a Tylenol or an Advil. Uh, take four of them motherfuckers, take a double dose uh, before you go train, hard as fuck, drink your energy drink or your pre-workout uh, because the joint mobility is something in it. Helps with the uh, stimulant effects of the caffeine in your pre-workout or energy drink, however you choose to get down. And um, not only is it going to be sending more synovial fluid to your joints, but it will also help um, keep you limber, loose, uh, relieve some pain. It's required. It's a must-have. If you're looking for high-quality protein, whether something, you know, you're like, hey, I don't really work out uh, super hard, but I am trying to... um, have uh, regulate my hormones a little bit better. I'm looking to uh, retain lean muscle a little bit better, not be a little bit of a as much of a blob, just filling up on pointless carbs and um, and fats, just calorie dense shit that that isn't good for me. Um, I need some protein in my life. <clears throat> First form, level one, cold temperature process, man. It's not denatured. Your body can really uh, it's bioavailable. Your body can really absorb it as a protein source. Uh, versus a lot of cheap protein sources on the market, um, protein supplements that are high temperature processed, uh, that your body just can't recognize and get all the nutrients it needs uh, from that protein. Um, if you're like, man, I've been working hard as fuck, I'm on the fucking path, I'm training, I'm fucking going to the gym, I'm lifting, I'm running, I'm doing every, anything and everything, um, I need a good post-workout, uh, way isolate so I can get that muscle, my muscles fueled ASAP. I'm going to tell you to get the post-workout stack from 1P, baby. Formula 1 and Ignition, it don't get no better than that. right? Ignition is a uh, glycogen supercompensation formula and a full-spectrum 
multivitamin because obviously we lose a lot of micronutrients when we train hard, when we're sweating, when we're on the path. You know, it's easy. Mix a, a, a half scoop to a whole scoop. Sometimes the whole scoop, you know, if I'm training multiple times a day, I'll do a half scoop or maybe like two thirds of a scoop because um, I don't want to go overboard and just like get a crazy amount of carbs in. Although some days you just need it, man. Uh, and then I'll get a scoop and a half, two scoops of uh, Formula One. My favorite flavors uh, are definitely the Magical Charms, followed closely by the um, Root Beer Float. Those are like my main ones. Um, if you want to get a little funky fresh, I'd recommend trying maybe a one scoop, one in one. Uh, one scoop of loop de fruit, which is like a fruit loop, and one scoop of Magical Charms with the half to whole scoop of Ignition. Um, and that shit is fire. It is any old school cereal fans, um, dream, to be honest. Not anything to be messed with. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, obviously get you some creatine if you're not eating a, um, a ton of ground beef. If you do eat a lot of, uh, red meat. And, you know, you don't need to get some creatine because your body's already getting it. But uh, otherwise, you need it. It's going to help you retain muscle mass, cell volumization. Um, well, it's the safest, oldest fucking supplement known to fucking guys getting after it for a long time. Just make sure you drink lots of water. Um, you want to interact with me? Join Team Never Tap on Facebook. You want to fucking get after it with me? need some help uh, getting started, getting rolling, um, maybe some accountability. Maybe you know what you're doing, but you need some accountability. Uh, hit me up. Let's get the fuck after it together. Um, you know, I, I can be as, as involved or not involved as you need me to be, but at the end of the day, we need to get after it together. So have a great day. Great evening. Baltimore out.